Hey everyone, this is Chris, and you're listening to One Cross Radio. And today, before we get into the episode, I just thought I'd add a little context. Um, because you're seeing in the title that this is the finale of our Into the Weeds series uh, that we did with Christian. And also, it's from the vault. So, let me explain. Um, back in January... After the book Light of the Jedi dropped, Christian and I decided to do an episode for it on our Then Into the Weeds series. Um, But much like Star Wars Unmade, it kind of ended up buried under other episodes. There were some ones that were popping up that just seemed more timely to do. And other podcaster friends will tell you this, this sometimes happens. You'll record one, you'll know you have to edit it, and because you don't get to the editing stage right away, it kind of slips from memory. Um, and after this, I believe Christian and I did two more Into the Weeds episodes, um, I think. And then we've since uh, launched our own separate podcast, the Radio Arcade Podcast. Um, so as I was looking through the vault, um, a couple weeks ago, after I had found Star Wars Unmade, I spotted this wonderful gem of an episode. So I decided, hey, let's drop it. We've got, it's the only other vaulted episode, I think, from this year. Um, let's put it out there and we will also wrap it as the official Into the Weeds finale because last time we did an episode of Into the Weeds... It was just kind of, we decided after that that we were going to do it. So I hope you enjoyed the Into the Weeds uh, sub-series. I had a blast doing it with Christian, and he had such a blast as well that it made us decide, hey, we're going to do our own separate podcast where the tone can be a bit different and the topics can be different. Uh, I know some of them are are frequently going to be the same, but just how they're done is a bit differently. Um, and it allowed Christian to be more, much more hands-on with it. So I'm, I'm loving doing the radio arcade podcast with him, but because we're doing that, we're both like, if we're doing a podcast together, that should be the focus. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense to keep up into the weeds while we're doing that. So this is the, uh, the unplanned, the then unplanned, but I guess official, finale of Into the Weeds. We are talking about the fantastic novel um, that launched the High Republic era of Star Wars storytelling. We are looking at Light of the Jedi. Hope you enjoy, and God bless my friends. Peace! Hey everyone, this is Chris, and you're listening to One Cross Radio. And today we are rejoined by my always fantastic Into the Weeds cohort, Christian. Christian, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic. I'm really excited to talk about Star Wars. Which, listener, I gotta say, I'm I'm excited about this just because um, this has been a bit of a turnaround. So, Christian, I'm gonna ask, when did uh, when did Star Wars start clicking with you? Because even on this podcast, um, back in our um, derailed group chats, it would be mostly Mike and I talking Star Wars, or Mike and I and Tom talking Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, and Darko just peripherally tossing out pot shots because he's a ruiner of joy. Because uh, <laughs> he's smug and he thinks he's better than us. Because <laughs> he's a serial killer and he's a psycho. <laughs> yeah, because the man is morally bankrupt. Uh, <laughs> who who also released a, a, a fantastic EP that y'all should check out. <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh, Darko and George just uh, released an EP uh, 
called Soulbotic, S-O-U-L-B-O-T-I-C. Uh, you can find it on Spotify and Apple Music. Uh, the name of their band is called An Hour a Minute. And um, yeah, it was like they they mixed it themselves. They recorded themselves in like a year. It's fantastic. It's really, really good. It's super chill. It's it, like that's normally not my kind of music, but mm. I, I dug it. I was just like, you know what? This is this is awesome. I, I do seriously, like, even though I mentioned it as a joke to him, I do seriously would love to see what they could do with something like Bodies by Drowning Pool or something that you typically associate with, like, loud, aggressive, like, heavy metal or something just to see how they could transform it. Because mm-hmm. one of the fun chats you and I will frequently have, but also uh, Darko especially clicks on music, is when you get a translation from one song, uh, from one genre to another, like, say, when Clapton did Layla in acoustic after the original Electric or so-and-so's cover and all those translations and how, like, the art of music. And it, it's interesting like that. So I'd love to see what an indie synth... <laughs> what is it? An indie synth pop band? Is yeah, indie they... synth pop. Yeah, that, yeah. that yeah. I, I'd love to see what they do with something like that. Just the artistry of it intrigues me. Uh, yeah. But we're not here to fully plug Darko. But also, actually, one one more quick plug before I ask uh, before I ask the uh, the question. You have a channel, sir. Oh. A YouTube channel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so my YouTube channel is called Carpenter Arcade. Um, yeah, we're, I, I'm right now. I'm streaming um, a game called uh, Where the Water Tastes Like Wine, and it's just really interesting. Uh, like 1930s Americana Rust Belt sort of game um, where like you you basically you play as a hobo and you travel from like you, it's the entire map of the United States and you travel from yeah like it's like an overworld like you're you know it's top down and you you play like a skeleton hobo and you're like you can um you can <laughs> hitch a ride and stuff but like you got to find stories and stuff like all around like um like in cities and uh like all around the countryside and what you do is you like pass those stories around like you tell them to other people and then they come back to you and you're like well that's not the story i told and then you get better stories and then eventually i don't know it's this really really neat thing it's really cool it seems like i don't know but i'm fairly certain it was made by socialists because (laughs) very like pro labor like it's really interesting but yeah i'm playing that and i'm playing also i'm also doing a let's play series with tom uh, and we're playing the forest which is like a survival horror open world game um you're crash landed on an island and you have to build up like defenses and get supplies and stuff and there's like cannibals on the island that are that will progressively get scarier and more terrifying and then mutants will come if you build up like large defenses and stuff so you kind of got to stay on the run and search for stuff it's really interesting that okay that's cool yeah <laughs> <laughs> i thought i had something more in depth and i was like nope not words um... <laughs> sounds dope <laughs> <laughs> and listener I, I do recommend checking it out uh i think it was earlier this week or late last week um i hopped on while christian was streaming jurassic world evolution mm-hmm. um and we had a, a total blast <laughs> oh yeah it was so much joking fun. yeah Hell like yeah. i would I love like I really want people to come in and just chat with me because uh, it's so much fun. Yeah, it's really fun. I dig it. It also it also led to just due to some Wi-Fi issues on my end, like it was taking a minute or so for my responses and messages to show up. So at one point it sounded like I was really burning a close friend. I was like, oh, no, yeah. I didn't mean it like that. Yeah, it's I was talking also, about a character in the game. <laughs> it also sucks because like that's my memory is so terrible. So like. I could say something, and then two, mon- two minutes later, you respond to it. I'm like, what are you talking about, Chris? 
like, and, and then, then I respond, and it would take like another minute for yeah. that answer again. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I said that. I no, yeah, I forgot. Um, yeah, some yeah, it is. Some people it was like thirty seconds. Some people it was like a minute. Yeah, it it varies. It was a it was a blast. It was a much needed laugh that day. So it was it was a good time. So listener, head on over check it out. I know why we'll be again. Um, oh, that'd be dope, man. Yeah, I really enjoyed having you on. That was fun. Oh, dude, it was so much fun. <laughs> uh, so, yes, now back back to the question, because today's episode is about Star Wars and most specifically about the current era, some of the books and comics and an upcoming film will be in the High Republic. But like I said at the, the top of the show, um, we uh, it took a while for Star Wars to click to you and then it just suddenly happened. So what? What's been, I guess, for lack of another term, your your journey, your experience with Star Wars, and what was it that that, that clicked the interest for you? Because it went from like, all right, I guess, to like, oh my gosh, I'm in. <laughs> okay, so my biggest issue with anything like this, like Marvel and stuff, is the lack of like permanence and continuity, or not lack okay. of, but like the incredibly complicated nature of the continuity, right? Like, what is <laughs> what is like Captain America has been in like eighty different dimensions at once, and then also he's. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like it's insane. Like what? What is real? What's happened? So what? One thing that happened with me was like, okay, so we had the Star Wars of our youth, and then um, we had the prequels and stuff, and uh, we had the shows, and then the books. But like it, to me, a lot of it was like, you don't know exactly what's canon. Some things might not be canon in the future, and stuff like that. So I was sort of very like, what's the point? Like I'll get invested in something, and then all of a sudden it's not quote unquote true anymore, right? And then Disney bought it, and they did like this whole revision, right? Like they they. Everything they're like, okay, this isn't can- oh, everything we can make from this point out is canon. Um, like everything that was, then they made a list of what wasn't canon. So it was very comprehensive. It was very like, okay, now I know what I what I'm supposed to read, what is real, what isn't real, so I can get invested, right? Right. Um, and then between that and like uh, lockdown and also like their plans to just, I'm like, oh, okay, now we have shows coming out, and we have books, and we have, and it's all canon. And I'm just, I'm very like, whoa, this is this is so cool. Like, um. It just seemed very, very dumb to get your hopes up about Star Wars before Disney bought it. Like, not dumb, but, like, it seemed, like, ill-advised, right? Where it was just kind of like, <laughs> who knows what's going to happen in the future? Are we going to get new movies? Are we going to, like, you know, the ones we got aren't that great, and there's not really a lot of um, uh, media around it to sort of fix that issue. But now there is, right? And so I, I, I felt, like, a lot more comfortable getting enthusiastic about it. And I don't know, man. And between that and just having a lot more time on my hands, I'm just like... I just got sort of subjected myself to it and uh, I'm digging the crap out of it. Like it just, it, it's something clicked. Fair. I, I, I will say now, <laughs> I know some people who will automatically take issue with, uh, it doesn't matter until this. <laughs> like, no reason to I know, I know. <laughs> and then, or uh, some close friends of ours who will, who will describe the, uh, the sequel trilogy as pure fan fiction. <laughs> yeah quote yeah yeah it is i mean i'm not saying look i'm not saying they're oh. great i, oh, yeah, I don't no. yeah it's just i mean it now now it's coherent to me like now it's like there's a thread to follow right and there's so many people who are who were really upset with the uh the sequel trilogy which uh, i'm in that camp I, I didn't care for those mm-hmm. um i'm wondering if it's going to be like the prequel trilogy where time will soften with it or again, like a generation grew up with it, and that's what they identify as Star Wars, and they love those characters. So then, seeing it through their eyes, you're like, okay, maybe it's it's not so bad. It's not for me. But there were so many people ready to wholesale, just be like, Disney's ruined Star Wars top to bottom, and it's like, bruh, we got a seventh season of Clone Wars that you're you're not there yet, but it is fantastic. 
They didn't have to do that. Um, Rebels is what Rebels is. It's not entirely my bag, but I also know people who love that show and were able to see themes and enjoy it beyond a way that I was. And I was like, that's great. That's art. That's like, it's having this positive reaction. So maybe the, or the Darth Vader comics where mm. on the, I love those. Oh yeah. Well, the, it's for a while. And I even said it on the star Wars unmade podcast where I was like, we're in this zone where Disney doesn't seem to be taking many risks. Where as much as I love like the Vader comics and stuff, like we know where that character goes. Mm-hmm. We know his endpoint. We know, like, in any of the ones with Han Solo or Lando or all them, I'm like, we we know where their journey goes. Like, there's there's not much to it because they're in the safe space of between A New Hope and and Jedi. Like, we we know that stuff. But now we're at this High Republic point, and we're getting all these shows where it's like, hey, there's a good lot of time where with Kenobi, like, we know. What happened, like, we know at the end of Revenge of the Sith, he's on Tatooine, and we know in A New Hope, like, that's a good 16, how many ever years, I can't remember how old Luke is, mm-hmm. like, yeah, we know his endpoint, but that's a lot of area that we don't know what happened. Yeah, and, I mean, you could say the same thing about Vader, too, right? Like, that's one yeah. I really, yeah, like, I did, like, it's obviously, yeah, they're playing it safe, um, but, I mean everybody's wanted for something i want to see everything that's going on between these times like i need to know it's like build a care that's one thing i really love about watching the clone wars is that you get to see ahsoka and anakin like develop their relationship and knowing what happens it 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 just makes it it's art it's poetic it's really interesting it's sad it's right it makes the it makes the impact so much so much more like yes i watched um youtube reaction videos are hit or miss um sometimes did you, did you see... somebody putting on a show yeah but i've watched this <laughs> okay go i, I see you really want to go no, did you see did you see star wars theory review the book that we're about to talk about no i didn't oh he he had some he was like me at the very beginning of the book but he didn't change his mind ever he was like <laughs> this is bad and the, like for me i was like i was first started reading it and i'm like okay guys come on come on move past this finish this like crisis and let's keep let's get moving right but then what I realized was like, oh, this crisis is basically a lot of the book. Like it's, it's, it's. I loved that. I okay. At first, I was like, you're you're wasting, you're getting lost in the weeds. You're wasting my time. But then once I once I got over the fact that the book wasn't what I thought it should be, I was able to appreciate what it was and what they were doing because they're they're taking their time. It's a slow burn. They're setting up a huge like a whole new universe. But it is Star Wars, but it's completely new, right? Like completely new characters, completely new circumstances, all this stuff. So, like you kind of have to give them the benefit of the doubt, right? Yeah. Well, okay. Let's, uh, let's hop into the book. Now, one thing I'll, I'll quickly say is, uh, beforehand something like, I, I think I even said to you, one of the things I missed from the old EU, um, was that the books had done enough job, uh, like enough of a job where enough peripheral characters had been killed that you were worried at times. Like if the big three were in risk, mm-hmm. like they might die. Mm-hmm. Um, or they had like the Knights of the old Republic era with the games and the comics and then the legacy era. And I was like, I miss that era of Star Wars where it's like we can have multiple eras. We're not just in this fixed point mm-hmm. where it's interesting, but we know the end game here. And the Disney is now doing that uh, through the High Republic. I'm like, this is almost an entirely different era. Mm-hmm. Like they reference Yoda, but he does not show up in person at all. And I love that. Wait, did they reference Yoda in the High Republic? Yeah, yeah. Because there, there was a couple times where they're like, 
I don't think anybody's even that powerful except for Master Yoda. Or there was the Mon Calamari Jedi taking oh, his she, place yes. on the council. Oh gosh, I'm so dumb. Yeah, sabbatical. Yeah, I, um, I even mentioned that to you. I uh, wait. So um, wait, wait. So what? How many years before uh, BBY is this? Like, I I let's see. Um, because I thought it was like a thousand or something. I'm like, I don't think Yoda's that old. I think he's like half that age or something. Or uh. Does this tell me the year? <laughs> I know, right? Wait. Sorry, I've got the uh, I've got the Wikipedia page open or Star Wars fandom, but I also turned off my Wi-Fi so it wouldn't <laughs> affect this call. And it just says like, "Hey, it takes place before." It's like that. I mean, oh, the year. <laughs> two centuries. So it's, it's two hundred years before uh, and, Phantom Menace. Okay, cool. So that, that's like a long time for everybody but Yoda. Um, yes, but Yoda, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what I liked about that is it also, it nails down like, hey, we're, we're separate, but there's still this connecting thread. Um, yeah, and, and even one of the, not like the, not Marshawn Rowe, but um, um, what's her name? Santeca, Mari Santeca, I think. Um, the woman he uses to yeah. uh, to find his she like she's related to Lor San, Santeca from um the most recent trilogy, right? <laughs> Which is fascinating to to, yeah. to go like to have like that connection. I really enjoyed that. I was like, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Isn't there isn't there Santeca in there? Are they related? That's so cool, right? And then you go and you're, you're like, and it's all canon now, so it's not just some random association, right? Like this yeah, writer yeah. happened to use it because they felt like it would be cool, but we don't know for sure because. <laughs> so, um, and I know people are like, dude, it's all fiction. Who cares what's canon and not? I'm like, dude, well, then what's the point of paying attention to anything? Okay, let's just write, let's not adhere to any rules we set out within the, the canon or the intellectual property. Let's just make, let's just have like, let's bring in Dr. Seuss's characters into the star because who cares, right? It's all just, we can just make stuff up. Well, also, um, this is, this is something you and I did talk about. I'm like, yeah. what, with, with Star Wars and other stuff, like it's fun to care about and get intensely yes. interested because also it, like, and it's not a knock against the art or all the work people put in, but in the end, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. And I don't want to say that harshly, but it's not like we've got so much going on politically and heavy stuff in real life, and we're not going down that rabbit hole. We're not yeah. going into those weeds today. Yeah, but if you but bring this is, yeah. some, this is something you can get invested in yes. without the weight and without the negativity. It's just like, you know what? This is something I can I can care about, but it doesn't have to have like this burden on my soul. Yeah, like I can't I can't like it's weird. I have to like trick myself in a way because I'm like, okay, obviously like it's if if I just look at it like, okay, this isn't real, then I can't have as much fun as I could if I'm if I like suspend disbelief in a way. If I'm like, <laughs> there has to be rules within this world, right? There has yeah. to be because if there isn't, then it's like I, I don't know. I can't care. I don't know why, Chris. I can't. I need the rules. I need the structure and stuff. I need it. On a side note, I, I, the other day I had a moment <laughs> with Jill where it was like a real Ben Wyatt moment um, from Parks and Rec when he was talking about, oh, yeah, the Star Wars. He's like, I've, I've got to go see it because I feel like it's all riding on my shoulders. <laughs> and I was like, I want to get this toy. And she's like, why? I was like, well, it's from the original trilogy but before the special edition and it's like it's not in there anymore and that guy got shafted 
needs to be recognized. And I feel like it's riding on my shoulders somehow. <laughs> I feel like I owe him, you know? Like, he'll know if I don't do this. It's like, it's like a, it reminds me of that episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine where, like, um, where Jake's making fun of Harry for... Um, it was like some nerdy stuff, right? Like it was kind of like that. It's like, oh, the special edition where before they did yeah. this, and after they did that, but like, and then um, so Jake's making fun of him. And he's like, Jake, you drove up to Canada to buy a bootleg copy of Die Hard that apparently had better sound or something like that, right? Like that <laughs> higher quality audio. Spent like eight hours on a bus going to Canada. <laughs> yeah, we, we. I think we all have those moments. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, so I'll, I'll be honest. I loved this book. Um, I didn't. I didn't have the issue you did at first, and we 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 were swapping notes like when we started reading it. Um, and I was like two or three chapters in, and I think I messaged the group, and that started you and I chatting about it because you were like, "Dude, I just started this," and I was like, "This is the second, the first half of Armageddon meets the second half of Titanic." And that's like such an outstanding amalgamation with Star Wars. That's something I didn't think I'd want. But when I got it, I was like, where has this been? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, okay, so like I think my issue was like it's it's interesting, like because they're setting everything up, right? So there's always going to yeah. be this feeling of like apprehension of like, okay, come on, get me attached to these characters. Hurry up and get me attached. Like make me care. Hurry up. <laughs> And then when they're not doing it, so it's sort of not fair on them to put that like that sort of like um that anxiety onto the the books. Just relax, man. Relax. Take it as it is. You know, judge it for what it is. And then you know, I mean, if you like Star Wars, give it the benefit of the doubt, right? Be charitable. You know. <laughs> and it's like to me that was such a a hooking way to intro the book because yeah, my previous experience with a lot of. Star Wars stuff because Star Wars is cyclical. I can't think of another book series from them that started with a disaster. I almost said like a natural disaster, but it wasn't. But it was in a way being treated like such because you didn't know what hit the spaceship and you didn't know for a good couple chapters that it was the ship. It was just stuff flying through hyperspace and like coming out of light speed right before it hits something so all that velocity you're just like what is this yes yeah, so the, the nature of it was was as if it were a natural phenomenon right like it's like okay who who cares how this started the effect is the same let's let's exactly fix it, right? and, let's prevent this and then what i really liked was they they slowly revealed stuff as it's going yes and they really they, they amped up the tension like they introduced so many characters right off the bat but then they slowly start, like, throughout the book, they slowly start killing them, which I liked with that because it's going to sound callous, but one is thinning the herd um, because then it, if everybody's a main character, like, nobody's main character. Yeah. Um, unless, like, you can do ensembles, but this would be, like, an ensemble of 35. And it raised that tension because you're like, oh, oh, do like not everybody here is going to make it through. So then that lets you know, like, okay, there's going to be certain, certain characters who you should attach to more. And what I really dug with that was not, there were characters that got developed more, mm. but there was nobody who was like, they are the, the primary character with a capital P. Um, yeah. I, I kind of feel like Avar Chris did fulfill that role. Which one was it? Oh, Oh, 
Wait, who was Avar Chris again? The lead female Jedi. She was oh, the okay, one who, right, right. who saw the, the Force as a song, which is, right. I always, I, dude, what, I, okay, I gotta say two things, two things. I really, really dug when, um, like, okay, like, so it, it was very interesting how, like, I, I really, okay, I thought the crisis itself was interesting because you have this, like, brand new Republic and it's, like, fledging and it's trying to get its, you know, it's trying to get its ground, right? it's trying to get its footing in the galaxy. And then you have something where it's like, okay, the, 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 the Everything that the growth and the existence of the Republic is predicated on is the ability to move through space, like move through through um, like light speed. I can't remember the what they used. Hyperspace. Hi- hyperspace without being destroyed, right? Yeah. But now all of a sudden something that they thought was physically impossible happens. And not only do, does it happen, but it leads to a, a catastrophic uh, event that kills billions of people. Yeah. Like that, come on, man. Like how can you not, like the stakes are so high. How can you not be interested at that point, exactly. right? Exactly. Like, and... And it was different from, it wasn't like a force of people bombarding things. It wasn't like the Sith have returned or an empire is uprising. Like, yeah. It's a borderline natural disaster. Yeah. And like, yeah, Avar Crystal say she got, she got her time to shine. Yeah. But it, it wasn't like, um, like, hey, this is a primarily Luke Skywalker book. No, like, no, no. Yeah, no. There was no main protagonist. Um, L- Loden, yeah. Loden, Great, Great Storm, Great Storm uh, yeah. who I who I jokingly called my Russian Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> he was my favorite, but he wasn't. He wasn't also like the primary antagonist. Like, no, I like that they built up. They built up so many characters, but in the way where you're interested. Um, but when the other deaths happened, it made you fear that, oh, wow, like, seems like so many people are fair game. Like, mm-hmm. even at the, by the midpoint of the book, maybe it was, or right before the second act, when they actually avert, like, the main planet from being destroyed, mm-hmm. there was, a, you felt like they might fail. Because they, they tried, and then they failed, and it's like, it's this last-ditch effort. And you're just like, oh, man, are they going to fail? Like what an intro that would be but you yeah. still got that effect with all like the planets being the the moons being destroyed and the satellites and other jedi dying and then throughout the book you're like oh man this is this is wide open yeah, yeah i love yeah i love it I, I really like they did a very good like okay so i really liked how they sort of extrapolated uh the force and like how like i don't know if this has been it had been introduced in any other property before this but they really I think it has, but like it's been alluded to, but not really emphasized or explained. Wherein every Jedi sort of interacts with the Force in their own unique way, and they like they interpret it in their own way. Um, so, which leads to like some Jedi's having different abilities than others simply by virtue right. of the fact that they interact with the Force in that way. Like, and for Avar, Chris, um, like she was obviously like the big, like she was the OP in this in this um, <laughs> in this book, right? Um, but like, she, what what the two things I found cool about is so she would listen to the Force. And here it is as a song, right? Which allowed her to um, basically call and and um, call on all the other Jedi and coordinate with them, coordinate all their force powers, right? Uh, one thing that she did do is like, I can't remember why she did it, but I found it so cool was she would like she meditated and she had her lightsaber in front of her and it was on and then it would start spinning and it would start spinning so quickly that it would make a melody, right? Yeah. Like that, I don't know how that helped her in some way, but <laughs> like I'm just like uh, it's I don't understand it, but it's awesome. It's <laughs> I think the hell out of it. But yeah, it, it was and I really liked um what well, it was Loden Great Storm. I can't remember his Padawan's name though. I really liked yeah. their relationship though. It was very like, dude, they did such a good job of getting you attached to the characters, uh, regardless yeah. of whether or not they were going to die, right? Like it, it was 
Oh man, yeah. I liked every character. Even even the enemies, like even though like like I liked them in the sense where like they made me dislike they were meant to be disliked and I'm like, I like that. You, you I like the fact that you, you I don't like them because you, that means you did your job, right? <laughs> you wrote them properly. Well, like, yeah, that's the thing. So many uh, who was I It was after watching um I think Wonder Woman earlier mm-hmm. this week. I was just kind of like I, we're, we're, we're we're not diving into it. Um, having this conversation. Yeah, no, 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 no. no, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm not either. I, w- I was just trying. Like, I was nobody just trying, should like, have this conversation. <laughs> I miss. I, I miss at points where it's like the villain is the villain. Yeah. Uh, it's they didn't take a sympathetic angle with any of them. No. With any of the Nihil, and I loved that because it's like, okay, you might start to understand them more. Mm-hmm. But they're not trying to make you sympathize with them. These are still terrible people making terrible decisions <laughs> because yeah. they want power. <laughs> yeah, like with Marshawn Rhodes, like I understand why you're doing the things you're doing, dude, but I cannot defend them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like you can well round your villains, but it doesn't it like to liken it to something else. I'd Thanos. Thanos was well rounded, mm-hmm. but it was not a sympathetic character. Uh, you can understand his motivations, yeah. but you're like, at the end of the day, you're committing genocide. <laughs> That's not a defendable crime. <laughs> you're literally committing <laughs> the definition of genocide. And so that that's something I really appreciated. Like, they're not like, I'm evil, so I'm doing evil for le- evil's sake. Like, they're doing terrible things. Hmm. But it's not like mustache twirling or anything like that. It's like, nah, we're 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 inspiring fear um, by doing all these awful things. But it's not, it it's not lame. <laughs> yeah, it's all, yeah, because like when you look at the Nihil, right? Like I think it's really interesting that they're they're basically just your average, not your average, but like they're just another band of marauders out in the outer rim, right? Yeah. And Marshawn Rowe. Like they have this very like they have a unique uh, hierarchy, which was basically designed by Marshall and Rose's father to keep everyone in line and to keep him at the tippy top, right? Um, which is like I'm like that's interesting. That's that's unique. That's fascinating. I dig that. I like their their the language they use. Like it's sort of culty, like storms, strikes, you know, thunder, um, yep. all that stuff. Like that's really interesting. Uh, and then yeah, dude, like it, it was just it was so cool to have to have him just like you can you you get it. Like obviously they didn't really um go delve into much about like his childhood or, or how he interacted with his father or anything his relationship with I assume that they might do that in the next book. But yeah. you can kind of see why he would be like like I'm done with this. I'm I want I want something more. I want let's let's get like let's organize. Let's have some power. I wanna be I wanna be that guy, you know? It's, yeah. it's um like you can understand why like you can understand why they would get into it in the first place because like look it's a galaxy you know it's not like you're there's not like it's there's a welfare program in your city or something it's the entire you got to survive you got to find a way to make money you got to you know like um all the rules of of uh, being like a planet bound individual are not they don't apply to you 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 can make whatever you want of yourself right it's very interesting well it was I think I even messaged you where I'm like I'm intrigued where this is going because it was also. I don't want to say it was getting political, but it was like the Nihil were presented as anarchists, but it was still like, in a way, they were duping these people being like, you want freedom, you side with us, you get to do whatever you want, you get to do this, but it's nah, man, we're still telling you exactly what to do, when to do it, and the money gets funneled, like you get a little taste, but it gets funneled to us and we're still on top. Yeah. I'm just like, 
Interesting. The only difference is we have literally no qualms about using you as like a pawn to die, like sacrificing <laughs> you to make sure we get away or anything. We have no qualms whatsoever. We will sacrifice you with the drop of a hat. Does not matter. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, wait, oh man, you oh I really like. Okay, there's this one scene that I remember when they um I think it, it wasn't Great Storm. It was the other one. It was the cook, the guy who used to be a Jedi. He used to be like yeah. Like a, a crazy not a crazy but like they really talked to him like you should be afraid of this guy like yeah what he did in the past be afraid like this guy is intense so when when they attack the family at the uh, the homestead and then they go out after them and he's like he just gets angry right he's like okay he's like it's back he's back in business he's doing he's in his element yeah. and i love like that scene where he's like in the canyon and he's just talking mad smack to the guys who are trying <laughs> to take body shots at him and then, like, there's that moment where he finally gets them and he's about to get shot. And then, like, their dog, their fire dog thing comes and attacks the yeah. guy. And I'm just like, oh, this is so cool. Like, this yeah. is such a cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> it did, like, this book did so well in establishing characters and who they were. And yet also leaving you wanting more. Like, Marshawn Rowe, you want to know more. And yes. What, a, like, other. Uh, other mediums or projects, comics, books, whatever, Star Wars, especially now in the age of streaming or where we can get answers like that, we can get new media like that. Something that sometimes happens is you rush into stuff. And I appreciate the fact that this book didn't do that. Like, they didn't resolve the crisis until, like, what, chapter 16? And then Yeah, even, it was, like, halfway through. And then even then, it was still happening just in, on a smaller scale throughout the galaxy which added a lot of intrigue and you're like wow we're not we're not rushing we're also not stopping to, like in a way you're stopping to smell the roses but it's not like you're not dragging your feet the pacing was excellent yeah once i got on board with it I was, I was surprised that i was like it was one of those things like okay it was one of those things where, like, you know, you're, you're playing a game and you expect it to end at a certain point, and then yeah. it does what you expect it to do, but you're only halfway done, and you're like, this is the best game I've ever played in my entire life. <laughs> like, this, they're doing, like I, there's a game called Days Gone, and it's a zombie game, and it follows, like, a lot of the rubrics that you would imagine it would follow, given the zombie apocalypse, but it it's, like, at one point you think it's going to end, and it keeps going, and you're like, oh, man, it keeps going into the the, the venue of, like, no zombie apocalypse property has ever like has ever followed it to this conclusion. They always stop before this, right? But they yeah. keep going, and you get to play it, and it's just I, I was so impressed. I'm like, this is the best game I've ever played. This is the best zombie story ever. Like, did they they get to a point where like you have settlements with armies and stuff? Like, it, it's it goes from like the very beginning of it to that, and you play the whole way through. It's amazing, Chris. It's so cool, and I really dig that. <laughs> I uh, to, to echo that. Uh, I recently watched, um, so I, I forgot how much I enjoyed this movie. It's called K-19, uh, The Widowmaker. It's a Russian sub-movie directed by Catherine Bigelow, uh, starring Harrison Ford and Liam Neeson. Um, the acts, like doing the Russian accents, it, it is what it is. If you can get past that, though, to me, I'm like, fantastically acted movie, and it's based on a real life story. Now, of course, like any movie based on a real life story, dramatic license is taken because real life does not necessarily translate to a dramatic movie. But where the point is, you the main aim for the Russian sub is especially most viewing audiences were learning about the sub with this movie because it had been classified for like 30 years. Um, the aim for the Russian sub is to get, I can't remember exactly where, 
a test fire a nuclear missile. This is taking place in like 1963. Mm-hmm. So during the during the Cold War. Um, so it's America can know like, hey, look, we've got this and we can strike you when you least expect it. Like the whole mutual assured destruction of the Cold War. Oh, is this and, like the Cuban Missile Crisis? Uh, no. like, I think Russia wanted to build missiles in Cuba and, and America was like, hell no. And yeah, kind of around then. Um, yeah. But at this point, it was like Russia proving like, look, we've got we've got the technology to. Yeah, we don't need to, that yeah. base. Yeah, Yeah, we we can get near your your waters and just fire, like, prove that we can do a missile. And they succeed in their mission by, like, 51, 52 minutes in. And it's a two-hour and 16-minute movie. So you're just like, oh, what's going to (laughs) happen? And that's when you get to the the nuclear disaster part of the movie. Like, the reactor starts leaking. You're like, oh, this is taking a turn. (laughs) So so I tell you, so by the end, we... Figure out it's a prequel to the road. <laughs> it's, uh, just, like, I, you see, like the the nuclear, like it's about to like it lands in the background, and then it just like it pans back, and then you see like Viggo Mortensen look like oh, up from his paper, <laughs> like what the heck? And his son's like, Dad, what was that? You know, and then it just rolls. <laughs> Gosh, uh, that movie I, I was crazy. Actually, someone, someone should make that that fan edit. I would. There's certain times where I'm like, I'm desperate for a fan edit of something like that, like a crossover you didn't need to know. Oh. Or one time I pranked my mom. We were we were watching The Incredible Hulk, like the Edward Norton Marvel movie. And there's a point where he jumps out of the helicopter and he's hoping he'll turn into the Hulk. Like this is after he's taken the serum to maybe like stop it from happening. And then because he falls and he lands on the ground and I knew how many times to press the skip button. I quickly pressed skip enough time to get to the credits. My mom was like, what, that's it? <laughs> that was the worst movie I've ever seen. Just like... <laughs> and I lost it. I was like, okay, movie? wait, let me, get, let me get back to the scene. <laughs> it, it reminds me of, like, you know those memes, those Skyrim memes, where, like, they'll show something and, like, the guy, like, fall over or get knocked out and he wakes up and he's in, like, he's in the Skyrim... Uh... He's on the cart, and they're like, "Hey, you've been out for a while." <laughs> well, there's there's a there's a popular subreddit, um, prequel memes, and one of them is just like finishing the story so quickly, and it's like, I don't have one in mind, but it would be something that would wrap up the story of the movie, and then the next panel is written and directed by George Lucas. <laughs> um, so yeah, th- this this book's pacing was was excellent because you're thinking yeah. the main story is going to be about this disaster and then they resolve it even though it's still ongoing but then it's like hey we're actually building up to the stuff with the Nihil and the book does a great job of subverting your expectation because there's I was even messaging you there was times with the stuff with the Nihil where I'm like oh man okay so are they going to introduce this like this aspect is this guy going to do this but then he doesn't and but it still makes sense within his methodology and we got another part where uh, when the Nihil were introduced at first, I wasn't sure about them. I, was, I, I even messaged you. I'm like, I don't know. And then like the narrator just sold you on it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we are getting, if I'm going to liken it to another, another franchise again, suddenly I'm like, we are getting Mad Max Fury Road meets Star Wars. This is, again, something I didn't think I ever needed or wanted, but yeah. I love that it's here. 
it that part stood out when when they were talking about um oh what's his name um i have it here like it's right here uh the guy like okay so he okay so marshawn Rowe has three uh lieutenants basically right yeah um lorna d kasev 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 is the one i'm thinking of um wait why did i bring up kasev <laughs> I can't wait. What did you say? What did you say that made uh, me? Mad Max Fury Road oh, meets Star Wars. Thank you, thank you, man. Yeah. So that scene where where they were introduced to Kasev, I think it's for the first time, and he's talking about yeah, like he's him and his um his men are are listening to uh what are, what are they junk uh, space junk punk. Yeah, junk punk or something. Metal punk or something. Yeah, it was something like yeah, it was dumb. And you and you've got like metal guitar riffs in the background. I'm like, seriously, the way they're describing these guys, I'm like, it's friggin' Mad Max. It's Mad Max. Yeah, it's and they're doing like weird aerosol drugs and stuff. Like it's yeah. it's. I was like, this is so not like Star Wars. This is very, but it's it is. It's very like they're they've gone somewhere like not like they can do anything and make it Star Wars, right? For the most part, yeah. I assume. But yeah, I've never seen no, Star Wars can. get into something like this. You know, like very nitty gritty, um, uh, underworld type stuff, right? Oh yeah, well, and uh, like drugs and stuff has been something they've referenced uh, in Star Wars throughout time. Like it'd always yeah. be like dealing spice, and spice is sometimes drugs. So- like legal drugs and other times not, or death six, which is definitely um, cigarettes or something. Uh, I, no, I think it's it's beyond cigarettes. I can't remember who, but uh, or what specifically. But uh, in Legacy, Cade Skywalker is addicted to them, and he takes them to forget his Jedi past and like push out the voices from his mind. Yeah, no, it's it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> it's now, why are up. all the Skywalker kids either dark side or like just inept? Like how come like, <laughs> none of, it's like Hey, like I, that's one thing that I really didn't like about these. Like not a single Skywalker kid was cool. Like they all had really bad issues or like they, they never became like another hero. And I'm like, what, what the hell is he? Like, I don't want to see this. Like, Hey, you know, like the, the, the characters you love and like the hope they gave you. Eh. <laughs> all their kids are doing terrible it's like it's like um you know uh, the kennedys like you know how i think there's like two or three kennedys now that are sort of like inbred and they live in like a dilapidated um old like slave house in the south and it's it's just they can barely take care of themselves yeah it's really bad dude like it's kind of like that it's like how could like the dynasty this political dynasty have members of the family that are like like white trash poor like hill people or something right like it's insane um so i kind of feel it's the same thing <laughs> In defense, though, I will say, like... Uh, the Kennedys it, or the Skywalkers? The Skywalkers. I can't hmm. defend the Kennedys so much. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm never going to defend the Kennedys. <laughs> uh, in the case of the Skywalkers, though, it's like... The main ones who went... The only one who really, really went bad with Anakin. Like, yeah. Luke... like. Well, I'm not saying, like, dark running. side, but they just, they're just, you know, obviously the guy, if he's taking death sticks to forget about his Jedi, like, the guy's not, he's not competent, well, Chris, you know, no, he's no, not going to go out there and help people. But they actually, <laughs> no, oh, man, no, he did not help people at first, but that, that was the thing, like, they yeah. kicked off the legacy of the Force comics with, like, the Jedi had been in the, like, had been in the prime, uh, like, his father was the Grand Master of the Order, like, he'd been trained well, he was a good kid, but then the Sith returned on Moss and murdered so many people, including his father. Um, like, who, he, he felt that separation, he felt that, and then it's just... It, and then he was feeling like he was haunted by the Force Ghosts of Luke being like, okay, what are you doing? It's yeah. a fascinating story, so it's just seeing that, that someone... That does sound very interesting. Oh, dude, the legacy of the Force comics are, are some of my favorite. Um, they're no longer canon, but they... 
They were awesome. I, I mean, I'd, rec- I'd recommend them, but yeah. I also know I, I know where you're at with that. But they're yeah, like can we like some of the I'm, most interesting comics? I want okay. So as as awesome as it is that we're getting like um you know the backstory to mm-hmm. uh, our our um timeline, right? I'm just gonna call it our timeline from from episode one, episode nine, right? Right. So it's cool that we're getting like the backstory and the High Republic and all that stuff because like obviously that's dope. It's cool. But what I'm interested in is because obviously the nature of Star Wars is cyclical, right? Like it's a horseshoe. It goes like uh, it waxes and wanes. Light side, dark yeah. side, light side, dark side. Empire, rebels, Empire, Republic, right? And stuff like that. So it, it goes and goes. And I'm like, okay, I mean that's cool. Obviously, like there's something poetic to that, and it sort of mirrors the nature of the universe and, and stuff like that. Creation, destruction, mm-hmm. so forth. Um, but like I really want to see um something change. I want to see the next one. I want to see the era after Episode Nine. I want to see yeah. Um, like I, I, I want to see something change, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, you could even, yeah, like I, I just, I, I don't want it to be a constant uh, rehash of the waxing and waiting. I want people to realize and sort of get out of that cycle. Yeah. Right. Like, well, so they did do something like that in the old expanded universe, um, mm-hmm. in the new Jedi order books, they were called the Yuzong Vong. Um, are they the gray Jedi? No, no, they were an extra galactic force. Extra um, Yeah, outside of the known galaxy of Star Wars. Oh, oh okay, so in the universe, but not within in the universe. So that, galaxy. Like, so What's the, the name of the galaxy that Star Wars takes place in? I can't remember. I um, but there's the outer re- the unknown regions, which mm-hmm. is like that's the edge of unexplored space. Like it's. We don't have hyperspace th- routes through there. Like it's it's shady and all that stuff. And Yuzong Vong came from beyond there, um, and they were not immune to the Force, but they had been separated from the Force. So they like traditional Force powers didn't necessarily work on them. Uh, hmm. They were they hated droids and machines. Like all their ships were biomechanical. Um, they it's crazy. yeah no yeah they were debatably too drawn out like uh, the new jedi order was like 13 bucks um and i know a point to test the people's patience but i love what they represented not necessarily the full-on execution but it was like okay we're we need to do something different um and then it makes you appreciate the like what had also been there so it doesn't just feel like a rehash over and over because uh, it was like the imperial remnant had to join with the republic and make peace with them to battle this this that's interesting yeah Um, yeah i would love like i mean my issue is like not an issue but like one of the one thing i i kind of don't like is is the juxtaposition between the light and the dark side right we always have like the good guys and the bad guys and the good guys are always jedis and the bad guys are always sith and i really want to see someone come in like a gray jedi i guess which has already been referenced that's sort of a thing i'm not making it up um (laughs) (laughs) i want i just want to see like a hero that's a lot more confused but not like oh as soon as i do something that's maybe not totally light all of a sudden i'm i'm like i'm right on the path of the no i want to see someone be able to like take them and and that's i think that's what the chosen one would be right like like anakin where he can marry padme and he can have kids but he also doesn't become a psycho for no good reason whatsoever (laughs) so i I, so i'll also say i'm not a hundred percent on that for no good reason part Mm because especially through the Clone Wars and then some other books and stuff. Now you can always make that the fair argument that a movie should be doing this lifting. But the, uh, the other reality is like a movie has only a certain amount of time. Like you're not going to make a four hour star Wars movie. 
Okay, okay. Uh, you're making it okay. I think the point you're gonna make is that like at least with Clone Wars, we do have we can see what's happened. Yes, okay, I totally agree. And I think Clone Wars does a very good job of that. I really do. Especially yeah. like I just I recently just got past the episode with the the son, the daughter, and the father. And I think that that was really that really brought remember how I was saying, like, oh, what about the one? What if it's this? What if it's yeah. that? I'm like, what if the one wasn't even a prophecy that relates to the galaxy, but just relates to that family? Like that yeah. specific like what if that was the the entirety of the prophecy? And I'm like, that would make sense because I mean, Anakin really did not bring balance to the forest, dude. Unless he unless <laughs> unless my theory is the theory, in which case he kind of did, right? But um there's so in later expanded universe stuff, like I think in the last book of it, Crucible, which was, it, it was all right. Like the the first two chunks of it were good. And then the third was like, hey, we've done a bunch of like huge series. We want to do a smaller story. And it was a smaller story up until the final act where we're like, okay, you're, you're just kind of spiraling to larger stuff, which doesn't necessarily fit. But it's still an all right story. But Luke is kind of like towards the end of it. The light and the dark side are both the force. Yes. Like it's not one or the other. And the son says that he's like, how foolish, like, you know, like you, they you are both like there's the a force, difference like that. Yeah. They both the light and the dark keep the force in balance. So mm-hmm. I was like that, that's an interesting, that's Dude, an interesting perspective. I was, when I was watching that. The, the, the son's like, like, Oh, you know, you need both. And I'm like, do you though? Cause it seems <laughs> like if everything was good and all light, why how is that a bad thing i don't understand (laughs) hey let's add some death and some destruction in there for like reasons i don't understand right like what because it's kind of boring if you have nothing to be afraid of like i i don't get but i mean i mean obviously yeah it makes sense um (laughs) yeah no dude and i would like i would like like obviously the one the real one should be able to like bring those together right or balance them I don't know, like it, it, it within themselves, not just like I'm a Jedi who's capable of balancing both sides. That kind of doesn't make sense. You have to be someone who's who's constantly struggling, who's constantly like who, yeah. who can't be on either one side. Like it's yeah, yeah. And 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 Luke Luke seemed to be perfectly set up to do that in a lot of ways, right? Like uh, at least in the in the most recent trilogies, I think they they like they really messed up, man. <laughs> oh. oh yeah, I don't yeah we don't that's a whole other podcast. We I mean yeah. Um, I want to. I was saying to Mike, and I haven't seen episode nine, so I mean, maybe this isn't. Maybe if I had, I wouldn't have this idea. But um, I was thinking, what what about an episode ten? What about one more? Just cap it off, like finish it off. And then he was like, I don't know, man. Like it would have to. You would have to like fix things. You would have to remake like the last three to really get that to hit the home. And I'm like, dude, I think they should make remake all nine, dude. <laughs> like just redo the entire thing. Just start over again. Yeah, yeah. Just do it. why not? Because like, dude, by the time we we're sixty, I think there'd definitely be a huge market for that. Like, dude, I'm sixty. I'm gonna die soon. I want to see them all remade right. Just do them right. I'll pay them money. I don't care. <laughs> it's see. It's uh, on one hand, I'm like that's kind of interesting, but I'll say, and I know, I like, I know they're not, but no, I, they're to whatever. me, the original trilogy is is perfect. Like. Mm-hmm. That's the one where, outside of little things like that um, C-398 or whatever it is, that, that lightsaber fight, mm-hmm. um, that uh, the fan edited, like the redone Obi-Wan and Vader oh, fight. Like, that was that, so good, Chris. Like, that, that I loved inserted. But oh. on the whole, like the whole movie, I'm like, no, the whole movie's great. It works structurally, and especially, like, especially Empire. Empire is, like, that. that's my favorite movie of all time. And there's certain movies where I'm just like, you don't need to remake this one. Like Jaws. Jaws, for example. 
you do not need there is no reason to remake jaws it's, okay wait, wait, wait. <coughs> sorry okay sorry. so yeah i wouldn't I, yeah, no, no. I mean, I don't want to talk about sure. that. <laughs> no, 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 I'm like, I'm liking it. I'm liking it yeah. to like, it, it, like there's certain movies that just don't need to be retouched. The prequels, yeah, no, I agree. sure. The Four, five, sequel six, trilogy, sure. <laughs> you leave the OG Even the, trilogy alone. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, dude, I agree. I mean, like, yeah, maybe add some things in here just to make it more bad and cool and stuff. Um, you know, like like that fight scene, just little things yeah. like that, right? Make it just cooler, like stuff that they didn't have the money or or the you know the the forty years of of prescience to, to understand, right? Like, oh, well, all, this, this is cool. Also, I, I, also I think that, I think the prequels, dude. Sorry. I think the prequels are what. I was gonna say also with that, like, oh, you're, makes you're our... cutting out, man. Oh, you were too. Shoot. Can you hear me? Uh, um, Hello? Yeah, Action? I think so. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Also, if it if it makes artistic sense to throw yeah. it in, sure. Like that lightsaber fight, like you and I had yeah. a good like long five-minute conversation about it. Like it yeah. lines up with Anakin and Obi-Wan's story that that yeah. would be the kind of fight that they would have where they couldn't do that back then. But now they can. So that inserting it just that makes sense. It's not just like, oh, suddenly the old man is doing flipsy doodles. It's no, he wouldn't. He, he would have still been training Vader, would still be this rage filled um, at Obi-Wan. Like it would make story sense that the lightsaber fight would be like this. And it would enhance yeah. that that portion. Yeah. It's not just, yeah. oh, I'm doing it because I want to. <laughs> no, no, of course not. I mean, no, no. Obviously, like there, there was a reason yeah. to do that, right? And it was so, so, so much better than the original. And like we, we have like, oh, yeah. I mean, in terms of, like old man jumping around. I mean, you know, I mean, Yoda, you know. <laughs> but I, I mean, <laughs> that's. Um, but no, no, no. I think, I think like, yeah, you could like add certain cool stuff into the four, five, six. I think one, two, three needs to be like heavily revised and changed. Like, yeah. like the art style, uh, the sets, um, every, dude, the the acting, the script, uh, like anything with Jar Jar, like Jar Jar Binks has to be gone at all. Like maybe don't even t- don't even talk about Gungans. Like maybe show like a scene or two. There, Gungans gone. Uh, <laughs> you 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 should you should look up. Um, yeah. If you can't find it, let me know. But there's uh, there were some fan edits of the the prequels that I watched that uh, they were called the anti cheese cuts. They made them substantially better. Um, like Jar Jar's audio was taken out and it was put in a subtrack, so some of his more goofy elements were just trimmed out. Uh, some of his like just what he said was was flat, not goofy. Um, and all that being said, like poor Ahmed Beth. Thankfully, he's being treated much more kindly by the fans now because things got dark. Um, I'd love to see people treat <laughs> like as much as as much as we love Star Wars and we can talk about it for like an hour. At the same point, like fans, let's not bully actors for taking roles and <laughs> treating people terribly and turning them into the butt of the joke. Like, yeah, like let's. Let's we can say have that, our issues with how it's written, but that yeah. doesn't mean we go to the actor or even the scriptwriter and be like, "You ruined this, and you ruined yeah. my life and my let's, enjoyment." Like, yeah, let's say that. Calm like, calm down. It's fine getting. <laughs> let's let's just say, for the sake of an argument, even though this is not true in any way whatsoever, that it's fine to get that angry about an intellect, like an uh, a fictional thing. Like, <laughs> for, for one, let's just assume that. Okay, for one, to get that fictional property now even then it doesn't give you the, like the, the excuse to go and attack the actor 
who didn't make any of the decisions around the character. They just played the character. Go exactly. like, and obviously, like between like the fact that you, I assume most people do that, realize that they're pathetic for getting that angry. So, and they also realize how powerless they are to actually get in contact with the people who made those decisions. So they're just going to attack the actor. Like that's in, that is so sad and gross and pathetic, dude. That's lame. It's, it's not a morally <laughs> defensible position. <laughs> um, grow up. Now, yeah, Jar Jar sucks. <laughs> now before before we move on to wider star wars i think yeah. i think this topic is is an interesting one and there, there was something that happened not too long ago that I, I i wasn't aware of but even you mentioned earlier star wars theory um where they react they did a reaction video to uh spoilers the luke reveal in in mandalorian yeah um and the dude like teared up Mm-hmm. Uh, and then someone from Disney, from the Star Wars writing team, like mocked him or something, right? Something Hidalgo, Ger- Gerard Hidalgo, or something. Yeah, he was the creative community director or something like. Wait, let me just just so that we're not just making stuff up. Yeah. Um, Hidalgo Star Wars theory drama. Um, Pablo Hidalgo. Um, and he is uh, somebody. <laughs> I can't. I'm not telling. Tell, but yeah, he's pretty high up. He's like the community director or something like that. Like, um, he's like the guy, like the last guy shouldn't be making fun of anyone for having an emotional reaction to the property for whom he is the the steward of, right? In a lot of ways. So, um, yeah, yeah. Like it's and, and the point of this part isn't to necessarily be like, look at Hidalgo, he bad. But it's just kind of like that. But he I is. Think, <laughs> well, <laughs> and you'd be correct to do that, yeah. But. <laughs> Uh, but what I was going to say is, as we're talking about, like, like reacting to things, like, I love, like, I, I didn't have the same reaction that that Star the Star Wars Theory guy did, um, but I was still like, oh, that's awesome. But part of me is like, it's fantastic that the, like, the art, this piece of, this piece of art that has been created and released hit that guy on such an emotional level. Like I love when art does that. It's it's sometimes what you do with that emotion that it hits you. That's where it's like, all right, you you can be angry, but maybe not a terrible human being because of that anger. Or you can you can have that that feeling where it's like one, it, like admitting that that brought a tear to your eye is something enough. But also releasing it and sharing it with people is like, dude, that that's awesome that you did that. And it's awesome that the story affected you like that. He shouldn't be made fun of for that. <laughs> no, he had a sincere reaction to something that a lot of people, you and I included, and I'm assuming Pablo, if I don't understand why he would take a job there if he didn't, uh, he, he had an emotional reaction to something that we all care about, right? Like it, yeah. it's, it's, it was sincere and there was no BS. And um, like, I just don't like, I, and I think like, obviously like, I think it's, I mean, I don't really subscribe to this notion of quote-unquote toxic masculinity, not necessarily because it doesn't exist, but because a lot of people will ascribe it to things that aren't necessarily toxic masculinity. But I think this is 100% toxic masculinity. Like, he is supposed to not show his emotions. He's not supposed to cry. It's kind of like he's – remember, what did I say to you? I think even I – like, I got into, into like, a semi-argument with Monica about this because I was like, man, he should not have been made fun of. But, like, even even me watching it, I'm like – Oh man, you're kind of being a big puss. You can't, you can't, you can't do that, right? Like it's like watching your kid. It's like watching your kid. And you're like, you're like, hey, you should be able to cry, but I know when you do it, what's going to happen to you? So don't. Yeah. But it's you're sort of walking that line of like, 
what do you teach your kid to like ignore themselves or do you do you do you take that position of like oh you shouldn't show emotions because other people are going to crap on it or you should because they're wrong for doing it and you're being sincere yeah so i didn't i don't know <laughs> you know but i think it's extremely unprofessional and not only that but pablo hidalgo has a history of this um he's actually okay wait check this out um one fan commenting on the turn of events said just wanted to point out that um pablo hidalgo made fun of a cancer survivor for getting emotional for seeing the childhood hero Luke Skywalker on screen again. A high up... <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, right? And wow. it's like, um, yeah, he... Another user who is also not a fan of Hidalgo pointed out that this is not the first instance of toxic behavior from the Lucasfilm executive saying, sadly, Hidalgo has been trolling fans who actually care about Star Wars since Lucasfilm was sold. Pay that hoser no attention theory. He doesn't <laughs> know what it's like to be passionate about something much less Star Wars. Um, I mean... I don't know the man, but um, based on his behavior, I don't have a lot of respect for him. Yeah, I I don't get that. Uh, I think it's like not justifying his behavior at all. I think mm-hmm. it's interesting when you're uh, uh, when you're in charge of any kind of property. Like I listened to an audio book about um, wrestling recently, but it applies as well to like any entertainment thing they're hesitant about they like hiring people who might know about this stuff but they don't necessarily want like the huge fanboys for it just because it's like then they're gonna be like fiercely protective and like no you can't do this because in this this and this and with this mm-hmm. where it's like no we need to be able to like we want to go in this direction but at the same point you gotta have some kind of well, one, decency, decent respect, where it's like, okay, that might not be what you've, you've done, but bruh, you don't need to make fun of somebody for that, like, especially you're, when you're higher up. And also, at the same point, you can just be like, I worked on this in some way or fashion. Like, your art had an impact. So, like, that's not yeah. something to make fun of. Yeah, and I think like I think the fanboy thing is not necessarily like mutually exclusive to like competence, I guess, within the role. Because like if I think a good example might be um, uh, Filoni, right? Because he's oh my clearly gosh, yeah. he's a huge fanboy, but he's what he it's it's I think it's like this. It's like this. I think and I and I know we're gonna and I'm this is this is it just came to my mind. I think Filoni is like um like a politician, like an American politician who really respects the Constitution. You know, they love America, but their 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 devotion is to the Constitution. And I think with Filoni, where he loves Star Wars, he's a fanboy, but his devotion is to like Lucas's vision and the way like his the rules that he put forth that you sort of build the world on top of, right? That foundation. Right. And I think that's the most important thing, right? Where you can be a fanboy, but you have to have respect for the the process of things, right? Like and I think Filoni could really like he can take it a lot of places and still relate it back to how Lucas Meant, meant to be even though like a lot of other fans may not be like they may be like well that's sacrilege and he i assume he and, and i obviously this hasn't happened so but i'm assuming he could be like well it's not because <laughs> and he would have the framework with which to make that point right well and with with feloni feloni is like a hundred percent a fanboy but he's also i'd say not so set in that it, it was this way and it has to be this way yeah like george lucas would a-okay like basically everything that happened in the expanded universe mm-hmm. but when he was making clone wars or something he'd just be like yeah no I, i'm gonna do this like it it doesn't matter that that was that and then feloni would be like okay is there a way we can still be true to that while well, it's different so then if feloni was translating something it would mm-hmm. still be like hey this isn't what it was but here's the spirit of what it is the in spirit. this new setting and yes. that's like 
that's the thing. He, oh man, Filoni and Favreau, like, I'm not on board with that. Like, we hate Kathleen Kennedy camp just because it's like, okay, look, whatever. The, the, the sequels were what they were. But there's so many, so much speculation. Like, she's on the outs and there's behind the scenes fights. And it's like, shut up, whatever. Like, yes, we all hope that's scenes. true, but let's not speculate. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, right now, I'm getting great Star Wars TV content mm-hmm. from this particular team. Like, if Kathleen Kennedy's a producer, but they, like, Favreau and Filoni, like, grow into, like, higher roles beyond the television front, friggin' A. Like, it doesn't have to be one or the other. (laughs) Yeah, do do you feel like a lot of, like, do you, how do you feel about the backlash towards her? Because I get the impression that you feel like it's, it's warranted, but I, I, but the impression I'm getting is also, like, it's sort of mixed up with a lot of people who may just not like women. Uh, I'm kind of there. Uh, some of it, like, I, like, based on some legit and not uh some legit insights like with um the last jedi like the last jedi was going to be very different than what it turned out to be uh mm-hmm. because it had a, a pre-plan but then the idea was like the producers and uh kennedy in particular liked some of the the politics or some of the more re- real stuff um that ryan johnson wanted to insert and because they agreed with that more than they're like hey make basically like do whatever you want with this play i'm like that's the wrong choice because like it's a sequel it has to carry on the stuff from the first one to not toss it out entirely yeah you don't really have a lot of freedom there with the middle one like you have to basically take like it's half the last movie and half the next movie you (laughs) you you, it's very like uh utilitarian the, the the middle movie for sure and it's it like each part of a trilogy has a like has a, a role to play. And that's mm-hmm. why out of all three of them, Rise of Skywalker has, like, I give it the most leeway. And it's the one I'll watch the most. Because Wait, the, like, is that the first or the last? The third. The is third. It, see, like, and I, I just want to think about that, like, with the first one, you had time before it. And then with the last one, you have time after that. So that's space that you can have to, like, make changes or change. But, the, like, the middle one, dude, it's right right after the last one, right before. Like, you can't just be like, hey, here's a completely, like, new story that has nothing to do with either movie. Yeah. That's going to take out the majority of this movie and not explain anything from the last or the next one in any way whatsoever. So, we're like, going <laughs> to take the stuff that we set up in the first one and just toss it away. Like, it doesn't matter. Where it's like, what? <laughs> Why did then, we watch that movie? Why did you make that and, movie? And, <laughs> and then the third one is, like, especially because it's back to the guy who made the first one, like, uh, I've got to wrap this up, and this was the story, so I got to somehow like get it at least quasi back while while still using some of the stuff from the second one. So that's where I give the the Rise of Skywalker the most leeway. Where I'm like, it was screwed. It yeah, had it no screwed, yeah. chance. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah it, it, it had no chance to be what it should have been, especially when they started like really amping up. It's like it's the end of the Skywalker saga. So it's like, oh, not only did it have the trouble of being the wrap-up of a, of a trilogy, now you're trying to make it the wrap-up of the preceding eight movies. This has no chance. Like, so I'm just... No chance. I, it, it can't be what it needs to be, so I'm good, like, my... I give it the most leeway out of all of them. Like, it's just the one I mean, where I'm like, okay, it had no shot. <laughs> like Out of just, all, like, out of all the EU like fiction and fam and all the series and everything that they could have drawn on 
to basically like you know have the skywalker and the solo kids story yeah they used like the worst version they could possibly come up with with like like oh, raving how like it's so bad dude oh, so, I, I actually i actually don't hate the the ray being a palpatine thing i don't hate that at all um i mean me, it I, makes sense but it's not as cool as like (laughs) to to me it to me that was like really that was really intriguing it was something where i'm like wow i did not see that coming like that i gotta give them credit for that that was a twist that i didn't see coming like there were so many theories about whose ray parents were i can't even think of palpatine cracking most people's top tens like let alone top fives okay the whole palpatine thing okay made sense it was cool it made sense like especially given everything we know about palpatine right and his cloning and all that stuff like all that makes sense i i I just i just i think okay so i feel like there maybe should have been a trilogy before the last trilogy right so you could actually see like like ben like the grow like i don't know dude it just seemed like kind of lame like all of a sudden ben's this really bad like uh like oh yeah yeah Yeah, it was all just sort of like like i'm just come on man like either either like make like keep the skywalker saga going till i die or (laughs) or finish it up right you know (laughs) well that's the that's the thing i mike and i disagree I will say uh, I'm I'm on the side of the camp that uh, can we spend the next half hour talking crap about Mike and how he doesn't <laughs> like the Clone Wars series like that is ridiculous <laughs> what like what is what did his parents do like obviously like oh dude. <laughs> <laughs> this this episode just devolves into like and his mother dresses him funny <laughs> <laughs> his parents. Uh, Failed. Okay. <laughs> Unequivocally. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I disagree with his, his take on Clone Wars. And uh, you know what? It might be interesting at some point to have that conversation with him just because I'd be like, I don't get what. No, no, no. Just like, it was a while ago, and I, I'll have to check how I say it, where it's like, my response is when I see something and I, I really enjoy it, and then someone's got the other take where they're seeing, in a way, something I feel is entirely different. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, did we watch different things? And that could come off as antagonistic, but that's not what I mean. So with Mike, I'd just be like, look, dude, this is something I look at like, I love that franchise. I love what he did. Not everything was perfect, but it's so good. Mm-hmm. And you see all the, like, y- y- you take issue with some of these things, and I don't. So can you explain it to me? Yeah, it's saying I- it's... <laughs> I'm not trying to say like you're wrong. Yeah, I just yeah. be like, I did not get that. I didn't see any of that. So I like you're. I feel like you watched something different because I saw none of these issues. Can you walk me through this? I, I, that's what I should end it with. Yeah, of, yeah. Well, I mean, we like, watched even different just, things. Yeah, even just being like, well, what do you mean, man? Break it down for me. Like, yeah. not even being like, I don't agree with you. Don't, don't even bring that up yet, right? Just like, <laughs> can you just explain yourself just a, like a bit better? Yeah, because Mike will come in and he'll he'll just get like, and I'm assuming it's because. Like, okay, so the way he comes in, he'll say, and and because we like it, he he just offers these, like, non-critical, he's like, crap, it's garbage. It's it's like, okay, dude, we got to be, like, obviously, like, we like it, so, like, that kind of, like, kind of ticks me off a bit when when he says that, because it's like, dude, that's not an actual criticism. You're just, like, throwing slander at, at the show, it's right? The, I think it's the, it's the fun trolling that we'll do to each other. Yeah, but, and I think, and so my thing is, like, naturally, you're just like, okay, you're just being a jerk, and you're trying to make me angry, but at the same time, I think it's because Mike wanted to like it, and it didn't meet his expectations, so he's mad at it for not 
so like he's not coming at it from an objective space. He's just like, oh, it was garbage. It disappointed the hell out of me. And it's like, all right, well, I mean, I don't feel that way. So why, 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 what exactly did you feel like you would change better? Like, dude, there's so much as I'm watching it. Like, I would like, even the episodes I really, really like, I'm like, dude, I would shoot it like this and I would make things a bit darker and just right. more like, you know, I would do it. My version would be so cool. But then I said to Mike, I'm like, dude, I don't, there's not another, I don't have the resources <laughs> to make my an entire Clone Wars series on my own. Like, this is all we have. So, like, what are you going to do, right? Like, just, just look, appreciate it for what it is. Um, the resources or the intellectual property rights to do so. No, I mean, I mean, I mean, I could do it for free, right? Not sell it and just have it for me and you and, and Tom and stuff. And, hey, guys, hey, I made a whole seven, like, eight, nine years worth of, of, of a digital cartoon for us. Well, to, like, I, like, I voiced everyone myself. I, 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 think, someone, I think someone did. Um, I never saw them, but. Like Star Wars fan edits are a huge thing, and I think someone yeah. was in the process of doing a Clone Wars fan edit of somehow taking the series, and at that point, the series was only six seasons, let alone season seven, and reducing that to like six or seven movies that were two and a half hours each, and I'm like, that's interesting, that because that's an exercise, and that's going to be a big selection of like, okay, what are you choosing to streamline here? Yeah. The Clone Wars, what was one of the things that was so good about it was it wasn't just like the Obi-Wan and Anakin show. Like you followed so many different Jedi, so many different characters, so many different clones that so when we got to the inevitable imp the inevitable impact, you're like, oh, this hit so much harder <laughs> than it did before. Um, like I said, when I watched that reaction video, it was to people, and when I read through the description, it was people watching Revenge of the Sith for the first time after watching through the Clone Wars. And so they're getting to the Order 66 sequence, and bruh, people were, like, in shock, like, I I think one take when it was like, Master Skywalker, there are too many of them. What are we going to do? And he likes the lightsaber. Some guy was like, what the bleep? Did you (laughs) kill those kids? (laughs) And then another dude was watching with his girlfriend. And as it's going on, he's got like the silent tears just going down the side of his face. Dude, there was a scene in Clone Wars where he meets the, the, the son or the brother and the brother's pretending to be um his mom, right? Yeah. And just to have him express, like, to finally, for the first time ever, like, actually vocally, like, as if he's in a therapist's office, express his emotions about, like, what he did and, like, that conflict within him, right? was yeah. very, very good. I'm, like, I love that. I'm, like, that, like yeah, yeah, it'd be so dope to see someone make a fan edit of all the most, like, pertinent parts, right? Like, there's a lot of episodes that I skip where I'm, like, if it's just... Padme and Jar Jar do a diplomacy, or um, C-3PO and R2-D2 go on an adventure. I'm like, I'm not, I have, I'm not, or Jar Jar does literally anything whatsoever, I'm not watching it. So I, I just, one of the last episodes I saw, okay, so dude, like I was in season three, right? And things started getting insane, where, um, with, and this name, ridiculous, they dropped the ball in this name, but Savage Opress. Um, yeah. 
I'm like, come on, Star, come on. Like, I mean, that's a little too <laughs> on the nose. Okay, <laughs> like, let's just. So, um, but no, no, his that story was insane. It was so messed up. I'm like, this show is not for kids. Kids should not be watching this. Like, I don't know what they're learning from this, but it's definitely not good. And so, like, um, yeah, yeah, that whole thing just blew me away. I'm like, finally, like, this has become adult. What, dude? And I remember seeing this. Like, I saw it on TV when when Clone Wars was actually on TV when it aired originally. When when does the next episode come? When does he find Maul in the cave? Because I know he finds Maul in the cave, but like, I don't know. Like, I'm in season four and it still hasn't happened yet. I'm like, come on, man. We're, it's the finale of season four yeah oh what how can it happen midway through season three and then the finale of season four you finally come back to it that is insane i thought because, i missed it i thought i fell asleep and missed no, it no 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 they they that's something i actually appreciated because it teased and built anticipation like maul had to an extent been brought back in some of, of even non-canon expanded universe stuff yeah. So the tease was always there, and people love Darth Maul. Like people will crap on Phantom Menace, but they lo- one of the things they love about it: Ewan McGregor, Liam Neeson, Darth Maul, that lightsaber fight. Yeah. <laughs> Ewan McGregor Maul, is the boy. <laughs> uh, Darth Maul is beloved, and so even the tease, people like what? <laughs> and then I love it because it's also it haunts that immediate satisfaction because it's like we're gonna tease it. But it's a journey. It's a journey to find him. And it's not even necessarily a journey you are going along with him, mm-hmm. which I appreciated even more. Mm-hmm. At times with other shows, it might be like, hey, we're going to spin this off, and this is the, you'll never see this character again. You do. And man, Savage's story is, it's. It's tragic. It's oh, so dude, sad. Dude, it really, dude. I was you like, know no. how it ends? I don't know how it ends. Don't tell me. Oh, man. It's, I'm not going to tell you. Okay. It's, <laughs> story is a sad one <laughs> yeah it, well i mean already it's incredibly sad he had to kill i assume that that guy wasn't just his brother I, I i've got the impression that they were sort of uh lovers in a way or they had like some unrequited like connection that was maybe more than just friendship you know i like i, I took it as I, I i didn't take it as that but i took it as like i took it as brothers in the like the beyond blood sense like the yeah, we yeah, have survived well, and, together. We have like we're on this planet. This it's not necessarily the most hospitable. Um, hmm. Like we had, like we had to group together to survive, and then we a, are under the oppression of the Night Sisters. Like there is a real the world, lesser group. There's a real world um, correlation there, or something that like because um, there's in a lot of countries where um, and I watched a documentary on this, and that's it. I mean. It's kind of controversial, I guess, but there are a lot of countries where, um, like, people are sexually repressed, right? Like, I assume, like, Muslim-majority countries and stuff, where, like, you're not allowed, like, there are clubs where men will go and they hold hands and stuff, like, simply by virtue of the fact that, like, there are men who will do, like, it's sort of almost like being in prison, right? Where you're, you're, quote-unquote, gay in prison, but you wouldn't be if you had other options, right? And I feel like there's this aspect there where, like, if you spend a lot of time with people like that, you like, and there's no women around and stuff like you do sort of develop those connections with each other. Right. Because like in the end, you're just, you're just people like what it comes down to. It's like, if you know, even though you're, you're like for me, like Monica, she says, she's apparently there's a scale of like gay to straight and there's a name for it or something. She's like, I think you're the most straightest end. Like most guys could probably, (laughs) yeah, she keeps trying. She's like, Hey, think of a guy that you would want. Like you, like if you had to, and I'm like, I just, I can't, like I can look at guys and I think like they're attractive, but like, I'm not attracted to them. You know, like I can't, I just can't do that. But I think there's this aspect where like, if you have no other options, you are just people, right? Like you're humans. You want that connection. Right. So I I just, I don't know. It was interesting. Maybe, um, and, and obviously they weren't explicit about it at all in any way but there were little things where i'm like 
that's a little like just little kind of nods right and i'm like that's interesting <laughs> um i mean it could be it's it's that plausible deniability and a lot of times like that's good writing right where yeah. you could be either way um one thing i really like okay so i don't like the fact that they introduce it halfway through season three and then like at the end of season four you get it like that's that's like, cause then, cause then, like, okay, it's like, okay, so here, here's this really, really cool storyline. We're gonna, we're gonna like tease to you, and then we're gonna give you like eight episodes in a row of like Jar Jar, C three PO, Padme, and like, and like these little, and like, <laughs> the whole like first four, seven episodes of season four are just stuff. Like, I'm like, I have no interest in it. Like the Water Wars thing, I'm like, I don't, I hate, I hate all the fish species in, in Star Wars. Like, I all, they're all annoying to me. I have no interest. I'm like, you're all lame. I don't care about your problems. <laughs> <laughs> What, but see, I, I get where you're coming from, but yeah. that's something I also appreciated about Clone Wars. Aside from the, hey, they make you wait, mm-hmm. it's also like, look, the galaxy is a big place, and that's something that the Clone Wars does very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll, I'll say to an extent, Star Wars does very well. It, it can show how big and yet small the galaxy is. Clone Wars really shows how big the galaxy is because it's like, hey, here's this huge character, but also there's a lot of stuff going on. Like, stuff. Just because... Just because there's this, like, Darth Maul's here, like, and he's not dead, doesn't mean, like, everything else stops. Like, here's the rest of the stuff. That's the most interesting thing, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. Have you gotten to uh, the the Pong Krell stuff? Pong and Krell, no. No, Pong Krell, he's one character. Oh, that's just uh, a person. Okay, no, I've never done that. Oh, bruh, bruh, you're going to hate that guy. You are going to hate that guy. I mean, dude, how come there was an episode where, like, there's a few episodes where Ahsoka is with Master Plo, and, um, like, I understand that he found her, like, he was the one that, that saved her and stuff, right? Um, does she, like, because, like, she's not with Anakin anymore, like, there's, I'm like, where, where, how come she's not hanging with him and she's hanging with Master Plo all the time now? Like, what's going on? Uh, I can't remember. I think it was just separated for a certain mission, because she was still Anakin's official apprentice. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, the Ahsoka story is so good. So like, good. So sad. So poetic. Yeah. It's, oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly, I honestly can't wait for you to get to the finale. Uh, the Clone I'm... Wars finale, I think, is honestly like my favorite thing of Star Wars since, um, probably since Jedi. Like, and that's not a knock against Mandalorian, especially season two, because it got so good, and that Darth Vader fight was so good, but. Watching that finale, especially like the four episodes, especially after I've watched a cut of it where someone just edited it together because it's set up to flow like a movie. Like part of me is thinking like, are you guys planning on releasing this theatrically, but then COVID hit? Um, And I'm hoping they do just because there are beats where it would be like the audience applause, the audience gasp, the like where it would hit plays like a movie just split into four parts. So watching it all together, I'm like, this would be the best Star Wars movie since Revenge of the Sith. Nothing would touch it. Like, not even close. And it's phenomenal television and just a phenomenal piece of of media. It's, oh my gosh, man. I'm I'm super psyched for for the last season, for sure, man. I mean, wait, so in, in The Mandalorian, right, where when Ahsoka, like, like one thing I really like, because like I showed Monica The Mandalorian, she hasn't, you know, I don't. Yeah. 
yeah, she's not big on Star Wars. She doesn't know a lot of stuff. So I was telling you about Ahsoka, and I'm like, oh, that's Anakin's Padawan. Like, she grew up with him. Like, he, like, you know, he was, she was there the whole way. And, and so when she says, like, when she's talking about uh, Grundle, baby Grundle, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 I, I call him Grundle because it's really funny. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so Roku, um, she's like, you know, I know firsthand what could happen if you know someone doesn't have the proper training or, or whatever right like what can happen to someone and then i was like monica like like you understand conceptually that she saw vader's fall or anakin's fall but you haven't watched from like the from the moment they became yeah. partners to the end right like you do and that, that's one thing i'm the most excited about for clone wars is to get that connection to have ahsoka built up like a like her character and and have that story finally told right to me anyway i know other people her um and yeah. one thing i'm like so i know that like vader is is vader is vader okay he's dead he's dead dead because now because yeah because there's the ghost but is he dead in the mandalorian like i know it's right after luke threw him down the or i mean uh luke threw the uh the emperor down the thing right yeah yeah so, so uh it, yeah vader's gone yeah um so ahsoka's story is so interesting um clone wars does it so much justice uh when she is brought back in rebels that was like, that's the stuff out of Rebels that I'm most interested in, um, and the stuff I'll revisit, especially the uh, the finale from Season 2. The finale from Season 2 of Rebels is outstanding television. It's great Star Wars, and there's so much surprises from it. I have a um, question for you. Yeah. Sorry, I keep it early, but no, like, no, I'm, so, I'm so excited, and like I just got questions and things. To, okay. uh, so I was watching a little bit of a Rebels, like I was watching like a video on it, and they were talking mm-hmm. about um, like the, uh, the Jedi, like the, the, the Jedi who guard the temple um the ones with like the yellow double bladed yeah. lightsaber stuff and it, there was this point where um kanan or kanan 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 yeah he um so he was fighting one of them right to save ezra i think and yeah. um at the end he took off his helmet and it was the the inquisitor yeah um and i don't know i don't know any backstory but i'm like wait isn't our inquisitor sith and he's being a guard for the jedi temple what's happening <laughs> like, so it's so the actual- very important and cool and weighty and i just don't have the backstory to like feel that you know so the idea from that and through supplemental star wars stuff like even um jedi fallen order the the video game was of course not all the jedi were wiped out in order 66 just the bulk of them and those that survived and were caught were either tortured and killed or tortured and twisted to the jedi uh to the to the dark side well, they wouldn't even be considered Sith because the Sith are like the Sith lords are. There's two. There's always two, and they might take a one might take an apprentice to try to overrun her, but they'd have like dark acolytes or specific assassins where it's like, look, I'll train you well in lightsaber combat and minimal power usage, but like you're you're, I'm gonna wipe the floor with all of you if you try to step. Like this, this, this is your role. The rule of two thing is ridiculous. It's a real handicap. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, and I, I just want to, to, sorry, not not to get you. Count Dooku? Holy crap, is he powerful. I cannot yeah. wait to read that book, dude. Like, <laughs> awesome. um, uh, the rule of two makes sense to me. I, I, I get the criticism, but especially when it was within the old continuity, and I'm curious how they'll, like, if they'll address it in the new continuity, um, but within the old continuity, it's because the idea was there were so many dark siders like the, the 
the power was diluted, but then also like it would be there'd be a strong master and then like five or six or ten like weakling like less than Padawan in strength would team up and then overtake the master. You'd lose the knowledge, you'd lose the power, you'd lose the wisdom. It would always, always like descend into infighting and always like the Sith were had become their own worst enemy. So Bane looked at it as like, okay, the natural progression is like I'm the master, so you're like my apprentice will kill me. But the idea is if there's only two, the balance the the power we will wield will be insane. But also it has to be like you have to crave what I have. Like I the only reason I'm the master is because I'm so strong that I was able to overtake the guy on top of me. And by not teaming up with like five or six or ten different people, like it was one on one. Um, so I have the power. You have to crave it. And if you can overtake me in power, I don't have a role here anymore. Like yeah, that's, I don't have a claim to that power. I, I don't have a claim. Like I, yeah. I should be outed. So that's yeah. where I'm like, it, it, it makes sense. Now, it's also the risk of like, if both of them are wiped out, then your order's done. But it was also like, if we're, if we're smaller in number, we're behind, we're behind the scenes. We won't be detected. We're not going to be looked for. Um, just out and out, like, I'm going to challenge you in public. Like, that, that hasn't worked. We've lost <laughs> numerous times. <laughs> I think that's the biggest plot hole in all of Star Wars. How how Yoda could stand next to Palpatine for so long and talk to him for so long and not be like, I don't trust this guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> something, something's kind of off with this guy. Like, nobody was ever like, hey, hey, what's going on with him? <laughs> so hey, the most powerful a- dark Jedi in history of the galaxy i can't feel them and i'm standing right next to them it doesn't that, make any sense Kurt. actually i'll argue that it does but because that face value of course you're going to argue with me i i don't <laughs> i fully expected that dismissive tone and <laughs> I I, I, chris you will okay go ahead tell me why i'm wrong tell me why i'm wrong <laughs> just all right so with that of course when you see it, it's like how could you not know like how inept are you but that was part of the point. Like but, that, that, that was a comment on the state of the galaxy. Like mm-hmm. the state of the galaxy was in turmoil. The, the galaxy was in dark times. The yeah. darkness, the war, the battle, everything had spread so much and to such a degree mm-hmm. that the Jedi couldn't tell that the one influencing, the one causing all of this was literally right next to them, was right under their nose. That's like, such because it's like they had, they had spread so that, much chaos. Yeah, yeah. Like, and and that's part of the thing, like it, yeah. that Star Wars used to explore. The more chaos and destruction and dark, like darkness was in the galaxy, the more that would affect the Jedi. Like the Jedi's abilities, kind of got snuffed out. They weren't able to address the forces as strongly because they weren't necessarily paying attention. There were so many diversions. There was just so much chaos that. It's all here. They're not noticing the thing right here. I I just I can't I don't I I mean you can I mean they're good points. I just don't I can't I can't abide <laughs> it, dude. I can't. Like it's like it's like come on. Like even like just watching like the viewers like oh that guy's evil. Like you don't even need. You don't need like, <laughs> well, that that so there was there, I can't remember the channel. There was one there was one um fan YouTube series about how a guy would remake the prequels. And it got a lot of traction, and it was something that a lot of people loved. I I didn't, 
where I'm like, I get what you're going with, where it would be so many people like Lucas did it. Uh, the Clone Wars show, of course, did it where it's like, you know, that Anakin becomes Vader and the story is his fault. This guy did the, like his repitch of the, the prequels where we don't know that. Like, it's just here are these new characters and Anakin survive like Anakin leaves revenge like what would have been revenge of the sith just called something different as anakin and then it's in the original trilogy you find out that anakin became vader where i'm like it's interesting but it's not necessarily but i'm like that's that's not necessarily what i want and that's not what the the storytellers were going for and that's also the case with palpatine like palpatine because as soon as he was revealed as the emperor uh, as a character in, Re- in Return of the Jedi, they were like, "We're not doing any mystery here. Like, we're, the viewers know, and we're like, we've recast the same guy. We're not trying to make this a mystery. Like, it's gonna be the audience. It's gonna be the audience like knowing these guys are screwed. And then you might be screaming at the screen like, "How can you not know this?" But it's setting up that stuff. So yeah. I, I do get where you're coming from. To me, yeah. it, it makes sense within the story. But now that you've said that, part of me is like, I'd be interested in like not not necessarily a fan cut, but something where it's like, okay, what if we we rein that back where it's like you didn't know, you didn't name Palpatine because in Revenge of the Sith they uh, sorry Return of the Jedi they were like Emperor Palpatine. What if you just uh, called him Sheev like his first name and Darth Sidious, and they made it a little bit more beyond the, like, oh, that's obviously him. Like they had done some shrouding or something. I get why they didn't, but I, I'd be curious to see the, that version of the story as well. Yeah, I mean, I be, I, be, I really like um, like I really like that idea of like we just leave off on the third episode, like, oh, okay, cool, everything, like Anakin's gonna live happily ever after. Uh, there is no, <laughs> like everything's cool, and then you like episode four happens, and you're like, what the heck? Like what's happening? And then <laughs> like. like they could throw it like they could either make it in books or like another an in-between trilogy or something right. and you get like all like that would be really really interesting so you get the adventure you get to see you really get to see the fall of of uh of anakin and um and like his his uh the, the what the comics followed like right after he he healed yeah. and being Darth Vader and he go he goes man i love that comic like uh that follows him right after he wakes up and he goes and he has to get like his lightsaber from that that old like that crazy powerful uh, uh <laughs> hermit jedi like like that was so cool like i'm watching like the only thing i don't like is that like okay so like the nature of it is it's supposed to get you emotionally invested and like the stakes you have to have stakes but when you know that vader is never going to die in this comic there are no real stakes and that's sort of like i have the same issue with um clone wars because every time like you know and and you would think like these are very big like uh battles like there's the stakes should be high this should be you should be very invested like every time obi-wan or anakin or anybody gets close to grievous right and they're yeah. I'm like they're fighting with Grievous. I'm like I don't I don't I want to skip this. I don't like even as cool as it is. I know Grievous isn't gonna die. I know Obi Wan is gonna die. There's no stakes, right? Um, so that's sort of been my issue of like knowing where things when things are gonna happen. And yeah, you know. that's uh, that's where I'll give Clone Wars credit is it did a lot with the the side characters because it also introduced new characters, brought back characters. Mm-hmm. Greedo. What? There's a whole episode about Greedo. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> but I think what it where you could say what it necessarily lacks in stakes, it has an emotional punch. Like oh for right, sure. 
Like there like, are stakes, like just oh, not within yeah. that particular, like that, like there's stakes around, like they're fighting yeah. to like achieve something that you don't know, like might, you know, succeed, but, but yeah, yeah. But like, you know, Grievous is going to die. But also with like, say Anakin, like yeah. with Anakin, when he does stuff, you're, just, you're like, oh, like he just took another step. There's like, weight behind everything, every decision he makes. Yeah. That exactly. is so cool. You're just like, oh, okay. And it really does change. Like when you watch Revenge of the Sith. I really and like that episode. Like, where he chokes the guy when he's trying to find Ahsoka and he just yeah. doesn't care. He's like, he's holding him up against it. And it's just like, everyone's like, Oh shit. <laughs> like, I mean, oh, sorry, Chris, one beep, one beep the entire time. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, everyone's just kind of freaking out and it's really like, but I don't like how they don't, well, I mean, they, they, it makes sense that they don't address it because it's not like he's ever going to be the light. He, it's not like he, like he's resolves that we know he doesn't resolve that in himself. We know that just brings him one step closer to what he will inevitably be. Um, yeah. But I, I, it's sort of frustrating. It's like, Oh man, it'd be cool. If they actually result like he, he confronted it. And I don't know the whole time watching it. I'm like, I just want him to not be Darth Vader in the end. Well, that's, that's the thing I love about the show. And especially the, the final four episodes, mm-hmm. um, it, truly makes it a tragic story like it and it's what the the prequels were going for they're like this is the tragedy of anakin skywalker but it's without trying without going down the rabbit hole of knocking the prequels it wasn't like they didn't do the best version of that story Oh, it's so bad, Chris. Like they added so many superfluous things that we didn't need to know about or, or like there's Wait, just hold so up. Much... You mean you weren't interested as a kid about taxation of trade routes? <laughs> I mean, I'm barely interested. That must see movies, sir. <laughs> I, do, I really I do enjoy the political part a lot more. Like I pay a lot more attention. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. That would happen. Yep. Yeah, I mean, these these are generally like uh, reasonable reactions to things, these circumstances, given what I'm... I know about the world. It's stuff I'm interested in now, but yeah. kid, I'm like, I don't care. Pod racing. <laughs> yeah, even that. Yeah, but like, yeah, they just spent too much time on just superfluous things, right? Things that had nothing to do with the story, things. And then, like, the writing wasn't as good as it could have been. Like, it was just yeah. so, like, they misstepped in, every, like, the, the aesthetics of it. uh, Like, everything. Like, dude, it looked cheap. I don't know, man. I, I mean, the, the lightsaber battles, I was watching, I mean, I shared with you guys, I shared this lightsaber battle with these, it was a fencing competition, and these guys, I assume they, it was just like an intermission, and they do a lightsaber battle, because it's really cool. They were moving so quickly, like, it was, usually, like, a lot of the times when you see lightsaber battles are very intense and very, very quick, you can tell that it's, it's, it's been, um, choreographed. Like, obviously, they're all choreographed, but you, sometimes yeah. you can tell just how quickly it is. These guys were so damn quick it did not look choreographed though it yeah. looked extremely natural extremely like and i'm like how come every lightsaber fight we see in the actual movies is like this but on point two five speed like I, what like <laughs> make it look like they're actually fighting and it's not just like some guys who, who who practice for maybe like a month right like like let's let's see something really no man there are a few things in the movies where i'm like dude like clearly like you did not spend enough time on this like i i mean i know making a movie is a very difficult thing and you only have so much time and you have to coordinate all these people and these things but like come on man sometimes it's like dude you really could have put a bit more effort than that like and i think like like and i think that sort of relates to the point i was making about wandavision where like in the first episode you can tell like they were still getting like their feet right like it was still like a deer baby deer legs you know um i mean it's understandable but like just take another two weeks like just like take another (laughs) week like just come on guys seriously um i i really dug the uh the lightsaber fights from the from the prequels like chris i like them 
I'm just saying, no, no, it no, could be so much better. <laughs> um, this, this wasn't a comment at you. It was going to be more like I'm a taking it fight very me. personally, Chris. <laughs> it was going to be more of a fight me, Steve, uh, just because <laughs> at times we will have disagreements about the, the fight in Revenge of the Sith. I'm like, I love that fight. Yeah. Like when I first heard about it, uh, when like stuff started leaking online and it was like, they're going to swing off a thing. They're going to land on some stuff. I was like, that sounds stupid. There's no way that's going to be there. And then in the movie, I'm like, you know what? I'm here for it. It mm-hmm. works because it's got so much emotional weight behind this that I'm yeah. like, it's kind of silly, but I don't care because <laughs> there's a story behind it. Like, and it's like, you're not going to be able, you're not getting out of this easy. Like you think you're getting away. Guess what? It's this unrelenting thing. Like there is no easy exit for Anakin or Obi-Wan from this fight. And then also all the props in the world to Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor, because as much as it was clearly choreographed, they did not speed up that fight digitally. That yeah. was them. They had practiced that for like well over a month. So the movements would be borderline down to memory and would be fluid. And you'd just be like, oh, my gosh, like, yeah, they, I, they were going that fast. Admittedly, That's insane. I haven't seen, I mean, I have, but I haven't watched that particular fight scene in a long time. So I can't necessarily, I can't like 100% speak to um, whether or not it was like the realism of it. Right. But I just remember like in my experience watching Star Wars, like after seeing those guys, the the fencing guys, like it did the choreographed. It was so, dude, the speed, there was no moment of like waiting for the guy to get in position there was literally like he literally yeah. the second he turned like he was just bringing the lightsaber up like you didn't have to wait there was no waiting chris there was no pausing whatsoever and that's the thing i like i'm like you can't have pauses and like like even like when i'm watching um i'm watching clone wars like it's a cartoon and they're fighting and like you have two jedi fighting one person and they'll pause to wait till the person can actually defend themselves like just a little bit like there was like that episode where um i can't remember i think it was ventress somebody yeah it was was it Ventress? It was Ventress and um, no no sorry it wasn't Ventress it was a uh, Sara the the um, Boba Fett's caretaker the the assassin uh, female assassin hmm. she Boba Fett team, teamed up with her to kill uh, Windu in that episode I can't remember the name I can't remember but at one point she's going to assassinate um, uh, Padme and Ahsoka is uh, like they're in this little room and Ahsoka's defending her with a lightsaber she pulls the assassin out of like a ceiling vent the assassin falls down. Has about five seconds just lay in there where you can just <laughs> dead. Goodbye, assassin. And she lets her stand up and like pull her weapon. I'm like, I mean, it's a kitchen. I mean, there's little things, Chris. Where it's well, like, it's oh. also, well, it, it, it's also the Jedi tried not to yeah, kill. I know, but like, what you should do is definitely kill someone who just tried to kill Pat. Like, that's no, no, but okay, that, that's different. I think that's taking away from my original point. My original point would be, yeah, like, I, I just seeing the, the, the way like um, amateurs do do their uh, choreography, it, it to me, it puts the movies to shame in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I really, yeah, yeah, I feel like they should really just get those people or maybe put more time into it. I don't know. <laughs> I think I think some of the stuff was like that's something I found they kind of explained well with the uh, with the old expanded universe. There was like seven different lightsaber styles. So like why Dooku could wop, mop the floor with um, Kenobi and Anakin in Attack of the Clones is he he was like the only practitioner of I think style two. It might have been two or three, but the style's name was Makashi, which was. A le- uh, focused on lightsaber dueling. It was very specific. It was to that where everybody else's style was mostly o- Obi Wan's was about defense. Um, 
and Anakin's was like an aggressive style. Yeah, but, overwhelming power, I guess, right? But not necessarily about like a lightsaber on lightsaber. Mm-hmm. So Dooku had mastered the style that was all about dueling. So he could wipe the floor with people. And then part of it is he'd pause and he'd take the time to toy with them, to one, mess with them. What thing uh, about Dooku's style, dude, is he's, he, he, he's, it's like he's fencing. It's like he uses... Yeah. And, and the well, other thing was, I really... It was a uh, dueling fencing style. One thing I really enjoy about um, his style is it reminds me of uh, Bruce Lee's martial art uh, that he invented, Jeet Kune Do, where it's a lot of like... And, and I think it, it's, that's, it's sort of like judo. I think it's judo in the sense where you use the energy of the attack against the person. You, you manipulate it and you just you keep it moving, right? So yeah. that, one thing I noticed about Dooku is that he'll do that. Like someone will strike at him and instead of like guarding it, he'll just simply step out of the way and they'll yeah. keep going and then he could just like cut off their armors other, right? Like he's very yeah. like he's just very deliberate and elegant and he, he doesn't do more than he has to. He only does the very bare minimum but it's always super effective. He's like an extremely efficient and uh, a fighter. Like it's it's um he's very powerful. He's very good. Like when I watched him fight uh Ventress and those two night witches, it was just he was just like move out of the way and like yeah. and it was just so effortless and I'm like <laughs> okay man like the movies did not I mean, like, yeah, he was, when he fought Yoda, like, that fight with Yoda was kind of lame, too. Like, it could have been way cooler. I'm not the biggest fan of that fight. Um, no. I get, I get what, it, like, why it was there and what it did. Mm-hmm. And I don't even take issue with Yoda, Yoda's style of, I think it's Juyo, where it's like, Yoda, to compensate for his size, like, amped up his speed and jumping around and stuff because he's, like, he's small and, he's so small and diminutive. He's going to be, in, uh, like, to make up for that, he's going to be in 20 places at once, basically, and yeah. coming at you from every which angle. Like, you're going to be disoriented. You're going to wear yourself up trying to ca- catch up with him, and that's when he can, like, take you down. The, the first There's episode of Clone Wars really madness. emphasize that. I really, yeah. really enjoy that first episode of Clone Wars where he's just, he's just, it's like, oh, don't we finally get to see Yoda do what Yoda should have be, been doing this entire time? Like we get to see Yoda in his element. This is amazing. I want to see young Yoda, dude. I want to see young Yoda like come up against like, like I want to see Yoda a bit cocky. I want to see Yoda <laughs> learn things about himself. I want to see Yoda humbled. I want to see that, dude. Well, and that's that's something. Oh man, oh man. I I love. I, I've grown to love the prequel era, especially through Clone Wars. Um, and again, like, it's just been interesting for me as someone who's gone from hating those films to now through fan cuts, enjoying them more or through expanded material, enjoying them more or understanding the, the story, but then also seeing it through not my own eyes, but the fan community of people who that was Star Wars for them. Those three movies, that was their intro to it. They grew up with it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's been fun seeing it from my non-critical eye. Um, and then now all the good work they've done into that era. I'm just like I. I hope we get something like that for the like for the sequels because there, there's parts that I enjoy from there and there's characters that I enjoy from there. Just the execution was really poor, mm-hmm. so I don't uh, like. I do hope for. I'd love another episode with with Ray, with Poe, with Finn. Like I'd love it, but now disconnected. Like you've done all this, you've wrapped up that story. Not good, but you've wrapped up that story. Mm. Now move on. Like, mm-hmm. don't readdress it. It's happened. It's not you're ignoring it like it didn't and you're retconning it. It's that happened. But now we can tell this story focused on these characters and what impacts them without terribly addressing all this other big stuff, apparently tying up nine movies. Like, yeah. now we can just focus on these characters and mm. like how they feel and how they're impacted. 
I'd like that. Um, so do you feel right. do you feel like we'll be getting anything about Yoda? Like, because I know okay. So how old is Yoda in um, in the prequels? Like, is he five, six? Uh, in the prequels, just uh, well, in Empire he's nine hundred, and Jedi and A New Hope I think takes place like nineteen years after Revenge of the Sith. Mm. So in the now what's never been addressed, and I, I like I just don't know is what's a year to Yoda's species? Like, is it an actual year? Like a full standard galactic year? Or is it, like, dog years? I mean, it so, could be. But, yeah, but we know that he's been alive for 900 of our years. Exactly. And we so know he's old as shit. I mean, I, okay, two beeps, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> or just so, let that word fly from now on. It's it's not that bad. <laughs> no, it, it, that's on your show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but with Yoda, I, th- I think my rough estimate would be, uh, he was probably like s- late sevens, early eight hundreds in Phantom Menace. Okay. So, so here's my issue. I want to see, I want to see Yoda like around two or 300 years old. So even if like, even now with where we're starting, young enough for me to believe he, he's going to undergo any significant change as a person. Like, you right. know what I mean? Like, he's probably, like, he might learn. But I want to see, I want to see Yoda, like, just as a Jedi, like, just became a Jedi, just in adulthood. Like, what happened to him that made him wise, right? Like, things, I want to see, like, very, very big things that happened in his life that made him who he was and that made him the master that he he became. I want to see Yoda's story, dude. I would love that. Well, at one point, there was a, there was a rumor, and it's one I, I hope they go back to. Um, it'd be really interesting. was the idea of a movie of, like, Yoda but almost like seven samurai, but with Yoda. Oh, so that'd be, that'd be cool. that, yeah, that's, that's one I'd like. Um, we should start to wind this down because we're mm-hmm. on 15 minutes over and I got to get going. Um, so uh, the final thing I'll say about the book is the narrator, Mark Thompson was amazing. Oh. He made this book. Um, <laughs> I honestly, like it, it's not a knock on the book, but I, how I read his audiobooks. I don't know if I would have enjoyed this book as much if I didn't listen to the audiobook. The way he adds to the characters, especially the stuff with the Nihil, mm-hmm. it's like as they're getting wrecked on space drugs, like the, yeah! <laughs> it's like the, the amp up, I'm like, oh my gosh, dude. Dude, the, his range, he did, I mean, like you mentioned, you were like, oh, there's like 35 characters. He did literally all of them and they all sounded different and unique. And it was, he, like, whatever they paid him, they did not pay him enough. I don't know if you could pay a man, <laughs> uh, pay that man enough to do what he does because it's unreal. It's not human. It's, it's, it's insane. It, to me. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was phenomenal. So, listener, please check out this, uh, please check out this book. If you're, if you're a diehard Star Wars fan, or if you're like just new to the franchise, or if you're like I kind of want to get into this, but it's been it's been huge, and I don't know where to start. Here's a good starting point because it, now it's canon. It's also not it it is connected to the movies and the saga, but in the sense of it takes place before them. It's within that continuity. But that's it. Like it's a Republic. There's Yoda, but he's not a main character by any stretch. Like he doesn't actually physically appear in this book. It takes place in the same universe in the same continuity. But it is over two, like roughly two hundred years separated. It's its own thing as much as it can be, and that's great because that hasn't been the case of Star Wars for quite some time. We've got some shows going, and I know uh, we'll quickly talk about it. There's one in particular that you and I are most excited for. Now, there's 
one a show set place in the High Republic called the is it the Apprentice? It's Acolyte. The Acolyte. That one I'm really interested in because I'm like, ooh, that could be that could be cool. Like, I love the idea of again something the EU did was it's like, hey, we can have books taking place at this time and we can have comics taking place at this time, but then we can also have different stories and different books and comics and games taking place at multiple times, and it doesn't have to be like. Okay, for this five years, we're focusing on this, and then this hmm. five years, we're on this. Yeah, it's, it's all the same universe at different times. We can just do this, and it seems like we're getting there. And I'm I'm digging that because it yeah. it allows it expands the sandbox that you're allowed to play in, and it can add stakes and risks. Um, yeah, I I mean I just want like I, I think I I came up with another way of like explaining okay like my my attachment to like this has to be canon because like you can, how are you supposed to become emotionally attached to a character if you're like oh the experiences that have made me emotionally attached to them they might those experiences might not be real essentially right like it, you can't reference them in, like if, if that character shows them in another book they might not have had those experiences that made me like that right. character or, or so you know what I mean like it's yeah it's kind of like. I mean, if if yeah, they, they might as well not even exist. I don't know. It's weird. You, you, I need that. I need. I need everything to connect to each other, and I need like stakes to be real, and for there to be repercussions, and the effects of things to be consistent. Um, like absolutely, yeah, yeah. Like, cause yeah. What, you can't. How are you supposed to care if you're like, oh, did this actually happen? Like, like, that, <laughs> like I don't, I don't know, right? Obviously, none of it happened, but you know. Um, well, and it's it's interesting that you bring that up, just because I I know we talked about Filoni and how he can like I can capture the spirit of that. As I uh, as we bring in this character and this character's changed, an example of that will be in Clone Wars Darth Maul. The Darth Maul who shows up in Clone Wars and then later Rebels is not the same Darth Maul that we left in uh, like chopped in half in in the Phantom Menace. But it is like it makes sense. And the character from the the character the silent assassin that was Darth Maul in the Phantom Menace wouldn't work. In, in the Clone Wars. You can't have that silent assassin. So Maul grows and Maul changes. And I've, I feel... I've seen some people be like, oh, well, it's not the same Darth Maul because some of the original footage was like him insane and like vocalizing and all this stuff. And you're just like, man, no, that's, that's growth. And it, the spirit of that character is there. But I am all about Maul in the Clone Wars going forward because that was a great adaptation that... It, it was always in canon, but you get yeah. what I mean. Yeah, no, I, well, yeah, like, cause I feel like, yeah, obviously, like, the characters are very different because all of a sudden Maul is opening his mouth and saying things. Like, I, and I think, like, in, in, in the, like, other than the obvious, very difference in, like, what happened to him, like, and you can just, yeah. but I really like it's, I think it's like the same thing as if, you know, you leave Anakin and he's doing fine, and then episode four, you're like, what happened? He's Darth Vader. <laughs> like, that was, this is very different than when last time I saw him. And I think with episode one, I mean, just because you didn't see Maul speak or say anything doesn't mean that he didn't. Like, doesn't mean that he can't literally be the exact same character that you see in the Clone Wars. It's just we didn't. He just didn't happen to speak in this movie. That's only like you know yeah. that most two hours long and has a he lot spoke, of other stuff to show you, right? He, <laughs> like, he spoke like nineteen words in all of episode one. Yeah. Um, and then he's monologuing not not like long but he it like he's well, i know what motivation. happens oh, i know oh, what oh, happens man. in clone wars yeah I've, i saw oh, it when so it oh good yeah it's so good so yeah no, good. i remember seeing it when it first aired like on tv and i was like 
what the hell man this is messed up like this is what are they doing with these kids shows like, like, it was uh yeah it was it was really it's a real i really love what they did with maul's character but yeah no yeah. i don't think i don't think like his performance or whatever the character in episode one oh. is in any way incongruent with the character from Clone yeah. wars like it, sam, it, yeah. sam whitweer knocked that out of the park like voicing darth maul fantastic i mean i'm, uh, I'm excited for so acolyte because uh, like yeah. wait, I assume that they're taking like they're they're showing the beginnings of the rule of two, right? I assume that's sort of what they're following. I don't know. Yeah, like, really that'd be really know. interesting. It I mean, I really, I'm, I'm, dude, I'm so interested for Kenobi because uh, uh, Obi Wan's my boy, you know, like oh, he's man. my boy, and yeah, and like even McGregor, man, like he, it was funny. I watched a, a video of him recently like when you see him on like um conan or kimmel like uh, over the past year he looks like he hasn't aged a day since the, yeah. the prequels but then i saw a video of him because what he does in his spare time is he basically just rides his motorcycle around the entire world right yep. um and so i saw Long a video of him up, and, air, uh, now airing on apple tv yeah, yeah, he has a few of those shows where he's just wrong way down, like, long way round, and then third season. My father-in-law is a huge fan of that show, so he was so excited when there was a third season. I he loves yeah, motorcycles, I, and he he loves that show. <laughs> I, I love, yeah, I love that aspect, that survival. Like you, you're making your way through the world. You're a wanderer. You got to take care of your your horse or your quote unquote motorcycle, your machine. You have to have that knowledge. <laughs> you have that, yeah, I really, I love all that. That's really dope. He, but I really like him and. Um, so I watched this video of him, uh, like uh, he's so red because obviously they're they're riding across the desert and stuff, right? And you can see like I'm like, oh, he has aged. Like that sun is messing with him, but yeah. he looks he's gotten more attractive as he's he's one of those guys as the older he gets the more attractive he gets right like he just he, he just i don't know and i'm like i'm he's like, like I'm Clooney. Like, yeah yeah <laughs> like, okay maybe if i had to pick a guy i would probably oh pick him. like the guy like dude i wish i i wish i looked like him like, he's he's really cool he's he, like i'm a big fan of you um but yeah no no he like i'm just i don't know he seems like a super nice guy and uh i'm just i'm really happy that he's reprising his role as obi-wan oh man i and want like, I, nothing I, for him you know if 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 they had cast anybody but obi uh but ewan mcgregor for a live action obi-wan show nobody would like the fans would riot yeah. <laughs> like they would turn on this property so much quicker than they <laughs> over anything else like, yeah and i i said to steve on our uh on our show where we talked about the upcoming star wars stuff and the uh the upcoming um freaking uh marvel stuff where it's like Hayden coming back. I love that because it's the like it's the chance for, in many ways, it's the chance for redemption for Hayden Christensen, who, through other fans like again the people who grew up with him, they don't have that critical eye for him that we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're just like, no, he was fine. He was like, there's a genuine, a deep love for Hayden, and I'm just like, you know what? It like my stance on him has softened a bit because I'm like, I can't just blame him. Um, yeah. And there was moments where he knocked it out of the park. So it's just like, you know what? Like under the right director with the right material, like I think he could, uh, I think he could do great. And that's, it's just that moment to almost redeem that, that last outing that he had that seemed to be so divisive. And it's how like, that's mm-hmm. an interesting story. And with Obi-Wan, I'm like, this is probably going to be a PTSD show. Like, yeah, it's, Obi-Wan is optimistic and he's always going to be optimistic, but I think this is going to be Kenobi at his lowest. And that interests me so much. And yes. also Liam Neeson has publicly said he wants to get back. He'd love to get in on the show. Um, and that'd be great. Cause that's, 
another thing that is loved from the prequel era, Qui-Gon. Um, so th it's shaping up to be potentially a fantastic show. I'm also trying to keep my hopes in check. That way yeah. it doesn't live up to what I want it to be. I'm not going to be like devastated <laughs> yeah yeah i mean was i talking to you about like uh, like okay so they could bring hayden back and he could be like a force ghost or he could be in a dream or it could be a memory and stuff like that and i was thinking like well they could even have like they could i mean i know it's against canon but i mean they're they're rewriting canon and stuff they can do that like they own the property so it's like they could actually make it so that um him and obi-wan do come and do come to blows at some point right like him as vader and then and then i think it was either you or mike and i, I mean if i haven't rung any bells with you by now it clearly wasn't you so it was either tommy or mike or something and um they were like they're like oh but you could have anyone in the suit right and i'm like yeah but like what what if he what if he hits him what if he gets him and he, he knocks the mask off to a like not knocks the mask off but he cracks it like it breaks off and because remember in that comic where where vader has that fantasy of he snaps out of it like his eyes turn back to blue and he's like, Oh right. my God. Like, and he goes, and he goes and kills the, so I feel like it's the same thing. Like you could break the mask off and then you could hear both what the voice would be with the mask working, but also Hayden's voice under it at the same time. It's simultaneous. So you find, you actually do like, he, he'll be talking as Vader and then all of a sudden he gets his mask hit and it's like malfunctioning. You can see part of his face and his eye. And then you hear Hayden's voice along with the, the modified voice. That would be dope. <laughs> so, uh, uh, I'll tell you now, they do something like that um, for in Rebels. <gasps> yeah. Oh, now I got to watch Rebels. I got to get through Clone Wars right now. The season <laughs> two, so the season two finale, they do something like that with Vader and I'm not going to tell you who, just a, a different character. Ahsoka, uh, I'm assuming. Oh, it man. is, yeah. yeah. Oh, Chris, you're ruining things for me. Okay, stop. Um, <laughs> I... I I, 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 on one hand, I like that. On the other hand, I'm not, I, I, I don't want that. Only because I like the idea of that they have been separated for that much time. And the rage has built. I don't know how you, it's just also like, to me, I'd, I'd have to see the story where it's like, why would Kenobi leave uh, Tatooine. Tatooine for any extended time? And if Vader saw Obi-Wan, you have to have an extremely tight reason of how he didn't track Obi-Wan wherever he was going. Yeah. Vader would be like in some of the in some of the comics, old you and current, like Palpatine's like, look, you can't just be so obsessed with finding the Jedi. There's other stuff we gotta get done. Mm -hmm. And like Kenobi would be that exception. Like Vader would drop everything to go get revenge on Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. So that's where I'm like, eh, I, I, I get it. I get the appeal and it'd be awesome. But at the same point, I'm like, don't jump into that because that could also further cheapen the, the re-meeting. Where it's it like, we meet again at last. Like, yeah. Obi-Wan and Vader meeting again would always result in one of those two dying. <laughs> I mean, it would have to be, it would have to be such a situation where in like, and they would have to do this super well. They would have to feature like a, a B story, an A story, maybe running along an entire season or for multiple episodes, like arcs, like a Vader arc and a Kenobi arc. Yeah. And then eventually they start to like intercede, but neither of them knows they're about to see the other one. Like, they have yeah. no idea. And then it just sort of like, they both find themselves in the same spot and things just go down. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now, now I, I, I will say like, mm. if, if they do it and they pull it off, like that'll be awesome. Like I, I've got hesitancies for it as to why I would, necessarily want it but 
there's been times where Star Wars has done stuff where I didn't think I wanted it. And I was like, oh my gosh, that was awesome. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, they if do, you... it, it's they, they've just got to, if they're messing with that, they got to execute it like perfect. I would like to get back together in a week uh, and I want you to write uh, how you would, if like, if they, how it would be done right. <laughs> like, you're like, I would accept Ooh. it under this specific, that'd be so cool, dude. I would love that. I would love to have your ideas to like how that would I'm work. Curi- you know what? I'm curious because I've never put much thought into it. Like, honestly, just because I'm like, that. that's, that's not something you mess with. It's very um, difficult. Yeah. It's, it's the weight behind it is huge as well. Right. So exa- it's, it's why I'd be like, insert that fight that the fan edit into a new hope. Yes. Because then it carries everything we're talking about, but still yeah. keeps it where it would be. Um, yeah. In the old Revenge of the Sith, like, I, I guess it's not canon now, but the Revenge of the Sith novel, it ended with Kenobi, like, in a random water bar on Tatooine. And then they're announcing some of the stuff that had happened in this, oh, wait, not Revenge of the Sith, lab, uh, this Rise of Vader book, like the first book after Revenge of the Sith that took place like a month, a month and a half or whatever. And it's basically like the Star Wars news organization, whatever it was called, they're reporting, they don't show them, but they report about Darth Vader. And then Obi-Wan's like, what? Because he thought he was dead. He, <laughs> yeah. he left him for dead. He assumed he was dead. So I'm looking forward to a moment like that. because mm. It's going to be Obi-Wan dealing with like the guilt of the fallout of his brother, his brotherly relationship with Anakin. Um, how his best friend, his brother, his the Padawan that he mentored was the one that slaughtered younglings and so many people. Oh, um, poor Obi Wan. <laughs> I think he's. I, oh man. Oh dude, dude. And there's stuff from Clone Wars you haven't even gotten to yet, son. Uh. Um, yeah, no. Obi Wan. Uh, so he's like the ultimate good guy because <laughs> you're like. He, there's so many moments where if any Jedi should have gone to the dark side, <laughs> just the emotional wallop is Obi-Wan and he stayed light from the whole time. Uh, I uh, like, I'm hoping, I'm hoping we get a bit of both like Hayden as Vader, but I'd also love like, and uh, like him haunted by memories of Anakin, but mm-hmm. also like him having visions of, Hayden as Anakin, but like as a charred corpse, just being hallucinations like, or nightmares and stuff. Like yeah, yeah, haunting him, being like, "I hate you. Look what you did." Yeah, like, him being like, "Where I'm at, <laughs> like this is your fault," kind of stuff. And I would make Qui Gon just try like Qui Gon as much as I want him there, like fully. An aspect that interests me is like Yoda. In, in the novel, and then I guess a little bit in Revenge of the Sith, it was Qui-Gon, and in uh, some other stuff, like, Qui-Gon's spirit approaches him, and he did in Attack of the Clones, but Yoda wasn't ready to hear it. He's just like, nah, I'm off, something's wrong. But then it's like, no, no, look, because the Jedi are like, once you're dead, you're one with the Force, and that's it. And they have had this drained into their skulls. So then it's, you've got to get to a point where you are actually willing to unlearn and grow and learn and hear so maybe they'll have Qui-Gon in a minor role where it's like towards the end of the season Obi-Wan's at this point where Yoda's told him like you're gonna learn from Qui-Gon and then as he's being haunted or whatever it's like Qui-Gon like where are you why Mm -hmm. can't why aren't you talking to me like what what, like all this or you could have him trying to be like it's not this way 
<laughs> yeah, Something. I mean, I'm so interested in this show. Yeah, me too, man. Yeah, the possibilities are are so, and, and no matter what, I think they, I don't think they can mess it up too bad. I, I would, but I will say, like, the fans will, won't let them. <laughs> yeah, the fans won't let them. Oh, yeah, seriously, the pitchforks are already. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I will say that, like, you could make the argument, like, and I know, like, there's that that 16 years of like, I've been looking for you for this long, and I'm finally, like, finally, I get to like have my revenge, right? But I, I will say, like, maybe there is something to where, like. He wants it bad. He he's he's looking for him, and he get, he's he comes close, right? Like he comes close, but Obi Wan beats him again, <laughs> and it's like imagine how much more angry you're gonna be like <laughs> after that, right? <laughs> it's like it's like it's one thing for him to like leave you for dead, and you have all that time. There's nothing to like, come back, get another chance at him, and then also get beaten again, and, and it's just like I'm Vader now. Like I have, like I'm on, like I have my red lightsaber. I have my hate. Like what the heck is happening? Why can't I beat this guy? Right? Like what is going on? <laughs> the uh, the other interesting way they could they could do it would be maybe where it's like it's seeming like it's going to build up to a face off, but it doesn't happen. Chris, like I, I'm already violently reacting to that suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> like almost like, uh, hear me out. Like ships, uh, like the the joke would be ships passing in the night. Yeah. Just in the sense of like Obi Wan's like I got like he wants to do this. He feels yeah. like he's got this responsibility, hmm. but his responsibility is Luke because he can't just take out Vader because hmm. there's Palpatine. They've got to raise Luke. They've got to get him to. They've got to keep the Jedi going. They've got to train Luke to be able to go for Vader and for Palpatine. Like he can't just go for Palpatine. So maybe that could be the call. Maybe Obi Wan could be stuck on. Um, borderline revenge like i've yeah. got this chance to right this wrong but also could you imagine vader's reaction if he found out like kenobi was that close he would yeah. flip his lid he would wreck like a star destroyer he would yeah. kill the poor person who informed him like if he yeah. reads the report that kenobi was there oh that person's dead flip. and yeah. that but they could there could be still that interesting aspect. I think you could do. I think you could do that well as well. That's that's all I'm saying. I think you could do both, right? You could like that could be part of the build up to them actually finally like coming to blows within the series, right? Where you have these close calls. You have these like, but it kind of reminds me of that meme, that Umbrella Academy meme, where like the two people are driving past each other and they're like, "What the <laughs> heck?" They're all looking at each other like, "Wait a minute, what are you doing here?" And it's like, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, man, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'm, man, I'm, I'm just, I'm so excited for Star Wars. Like, no matter what they do, I, I feel like they, they're, it's, it's gonna be pretty difficult for them to make a wrong turn just based on what I'm seeing of the, like, the books and like everything, everything other than these three movies that they made, everything else has been really cool. So, I mean, I gotta, I, I gotta say, it's interesting just because like a year ago or maybe two years ago, like right before, uh, Rise of Skywalker dropped, I was like, I'm not excited about Star Wars right now. Cool. <laughs> the movies have really bummed me out. Yeah. It's just like I said to Mike, I'm like, I want to be excited for the Rise of Skywalker. I'm just not. And then now I'm like, yo, I'm I'm stoked because we're getting into new and different eras, mm-hmm. or we're revisiting characters where it's like, like I said, we know where Obi Wan's story goes, but there's this is a 19 year period, and it doesn't have to be like Obi Wan went on a galactic a galaxy. Uh, spanning adventure where it was like he blew up a Death Star and saved like no it can be a low key story but still with high emotional stakes and that's crazy interesting to me the High Republic is interesting 
uh, Mandalorian is showing what you can do with Star Wars without it being so Jedi focused. Mm-hmm. We're getting an Ahsoka show. We're getting there's so many things where I'm like, I'm stoked to be a Star Wars fan. Fan like I love being a Star Wars fan, and I'm stoked. I love that I'm excited about stuff coming from it again. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I really like it. It has so much potential. You can have like your love stories. You can have your stories of like like smugglers or, or like war stories, like a war movie, but in Star Wars. Or you know, you have your fantastical like Jedi knights and like these these mythical things going on. Like it's 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 magic. It's it's any sort of movie that you can think of, like a buddy comedy or or uh, like a, a Die Hard or like just like an like a, a war document, like anything anything you can think of, any genre you can make a Star Wars movie in that genre, right? Like it's so. Cool. Cool. And we're getting the Cassie and Andor show where I'm like, some of my favorite stuff from Rogue One was Cassie and Andor like supporting the rebels, but doing shady crap that they would have had to do. The rebels have always been painted at, painted as the good guys, which is fair because they're overthrowing the evil, <laughs> the evil tyrannical empire. But they still have to do some shady stuff to get that done. Yeah, and we're gonna explore that. I'm like, I like that because it also adds. The shades of gray, and those can be very interesting. It's a very realistic, very human take on things, right? And on the video game front, Mm -hmm. we're opening up from it just being EA, which out of the three EA Star Wars games, there was only one that I played and one that I say was good. Actually, there was four. Uh, Fallen Order was excellent. I Um, love Fallen Order. I'm going to stream it when I'm done. uh, Where the water tastes like one. I would. There's some things that would have changed about it, but none of it's the story. It's Mm -hmm. just when I was playing through the first couple times because it's based like the the controls and everything were based on uncharted and i'm like i've never played uncharted i don't know this this like controlling mechanic mm-hmm. and then also trying to find your way back to the ship sucked okay on okay so that's... many planets i was like i would get lost for half an hour the <laughs> map... like what is this yeah, the way they designed the map is like just like when you when you're looking at it from the map screen, not like the design of the level itself. Yeah, is very like it's it's very difficult to tell where you are, where you're going. Um, and and one thing I don't like is when I'm trophy hunting because that's something I do like to do in games that I really enjoy. Um, with that game, like it's like. You know, they're like, oh, you've only explored 99% of the map, but like you're looking at the map, you can't really tell where you are, you can't really tell where you're going. Everything looks like it's been seen, shown, so you don't really know where you haven't been before. So I don't know where to find that one percent of the map. Yep. And I'm like, dude, if I've look, if I've been in that area because I've beaten the game, of course I've been in that area. I've gotten all the collectibles. How come my map still says 99% not 100? Where am I supposed to, like? How am I supposed to find that one percent if you're not showing me or telling me? So it's things like that where it's like, come on, dude, like what the well, heck? It didn't help that it's like you'd be looking top down from like uh, on a level that have like four sub levels cash it where you have like multiple above levels and you're like what am i looking at yeah at at first it would be like the turning i'm like okay cool that's i I appreciate that i could zoom but then it also never had like a clear home button or beacon like hey the ship's over here so i'm like where am i going to get back to this it's so i I, I like that change (laughs) <laughs> there's there's in Ghost of Tsushima, you know, instead of having like a, a waypoint marker or like a, a, a path that you, they have the wind blow in a certain direction to show you where you're supposed to go. So that would be really cool. Like maybe, you know, maybe they don't have uh, like, like for instance, in the, I think what would really, really help uh, uh, Fallen Order is if I could just put something down on the map, say I want to go here and then have like, like you could go like, boom, and like, and then the force will show you, it'll guide you, right? Maybe through the so, wind or something. That'd be well, so exactly. sick. You can do that in like Spider-Man, Batman, yep. like all the Arkham games, uh, the two, like the Assassin's Creed games. It might be like, hey, I'm going to highlight an exclamation point, throw up a bat signal or put a big, like 
not a sign, but a symbol being like, hey, this is where you should go, mm-hmm. but you're free to go wherever else. But yeah. you're still going to get that. You're going to get a thing saying, this is where you, you want to go. And this is how far you are from it. And you can follow it on the little mini map as you're running around. And that wasn't there in Fallen Order. And I'm just yeah. like, there, w- there would be like times of half an hour, 45 minutes where I just rage quit just because, not because of the story. I'm like, I'm done trying to find the ship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they did a terrible, like the level design itself is really good. Um, but I mean, it's sort of not as good if you don't have a man, like a, a very reliable manner in which to like direct yourself through the environment. Like they're not yeah. giving you enough information. But I really, no. when, I really, really like the level design. It really felt like an old school adventure game. And, and I'm really not into that stuff anymore ever since I got older and my attention span isn't as good but it really brought me back to what like i felt like when i was a kid where i'm like oh i'm actually genuinely uh uh, curious to explore this world i have the tools to the abilities to like jump up there and oh i'll remember that like maybe i can't do it now but when i come back and i get a new power i can come back to this planet no i really like things like that it reminds me of a majora's mask or ocarina of time where like you got to go back in time now that you have this item and you can use it on you know it's things like that i really enjoy that aspect yeah and so EA doesn't hold the exclusive license. I can't speak to Squadrons because I never played it, and that did seem to get a good response from the fan community. Um, okay. it, it wasn't <laughs> as nearly divisive or upsetting as either of the Battlefront remakes. Not even remakes, because uh, they're not remaking the first games. They're just blah. Um, but so it, it's a double-edged sword because people are like, hey, it's not EA, but it's Ubisoft, um, which microtransactions are a big thing with them which sucks but especially and I, I, formulaic games okay yeah now i've been playing through uh assassin i played assassin's creed brotherhood i've rebusted out my ps3 during this lockdown so i recently beat assassin's creed brotherhood and now i'm playing revelation um and the thing i'll, I'll give them credit for is the the open world they make is awesome yes uh and that's where i'm like give me an open world but i if it's ps5 bruh Give me an open galaxy. <laughs> like, yeah, the open, architecture. Open galaxy Star Wars game where it's not just... Or even if you're going to do open world, like, could you imagine an open world Coruscant game? That's maybe... Too, I mean, we saw what happened with Cyberpunk. I don't know if, uh, I don't know if we can handle it. <laughs> fair, fair. But, yeah. Or if you did like an open world Tatooine game or something, now Tatooine might be too sparse. Yeah. But, I mean, open world, like, I want to see something where multiple planets, but yes. yeah, not, not like, you're not led down a path, like, in, in Fallen uh, Order. Like, you can go and, like, there's a cantina, and there's stuff, and there's people to talk to, there's missions to grab, there's side missions, there's drama you can get into that has nothing to do with the main story. I love all that. I, I think, dude, if they, they this has to be either the, that other game they're going to make, I think it's called 1366, where it was basically, like, you're kind of like a Han Solo-esque uh, dude. Like oh, a kid. 1313. 1313, yeah, yeah, where it's like, yeah, you're like Han Solo, you're, you're basically like a like a mercenary or something a smuggler and you gotta you know you get in those sorts of trouble on Coruscant and stuff right um that's pretty cool but i really want to see is uh, a mandalorian I'm, i i feel like it, now that ubisoft has uh, they have the open world engines like they have a lot of experience with that um it, the the show is extremely popular now is the time we need a mandalorian open world game fair yeah. uh i'd liken it to if if we're gonna do like an open galaxy kind of game i'd be like look at what was set up with kotor and kotor 2 um where both of those like you had one story where there was a driving force to each planet but you could go basically in an order you chose and that also set up replayability 
because you'd be like, oh, if I did this in a different order, like there'd be a different story element on this planet. But then make it even wider where it's like, hey, you're set up on a side mission where it's like, hey, to complete this, I got to go to this planet. And if you complete that mission, maybe you get like a double bladed lightsaber or, or something. I don't know. Okay, here we go. Here we go, dude. Here we go. I think what you're saying is exactly right. I think what we need is a game that's designed uh, in terms of like story and possibilities, all that stuff, like the Bioware games, like the the KOTOR games, but it runs and it feels and it plays like uh, a Fallen Order game. Mm -hmm. So you have all like the RPG elements and stuff, but you're not like turn based. You're not like yeah you know like walking weird like you can jump and you can fly around the environment it's very a lot more action rpg as opposed to just rpg but with all those story elements and all those possibilities chris you're blowing my mind i think i think that's the way to do it man i, I, I think we just need rock steady to make this game <laughs> we just need a bunch of money we just need a bunch of money we need rock steady like give me arkham or spider-man like uh, rock steady is somniac with star wars gimme <laughs> I would love to see Insomniac or Sucker Punch do a Star Wars game. I think they would be like the they are the studios to do it. Uh, yeah. Absolutely wonderful. And and PS4 I think is absolutely the the system to do it on because uh, their architecture really lends itself to large open world games, right? Oh man, oh, I'm excited. Like and I haven't been excited <laughs> about Star Wars games in so long. <laughs> Same here. Outside of Fallen Order, I was just like I've got no interest in the Battlefront games. Like, and I, I used to love the Rogue Squadron games, but I'm just like, I don't want to do, like, mandatory online. I don't want to do nothing without a campaign. I prefer there to be a story structure yeah. without, like, millions of microtransactions or whatever it is, or you got to grind for hours upon hours to get something. And it's just like, well, well, I, I'm, I'm fine with the grinding, yeah. but just the sheer amount you have to do to get every single thing. Yeah. It's like, no, that's... Like you're setting it up to push me to buy, and yeah, if yeah. you if you're doing DLC after the fact, like it's a complete game, but then here's the DLC, I'm fine with that. That's mm. that's part and parcel. But don't don't give me the game that wasn't complete and then charge me extra for what should have been the complete bloody game. <laughs> that's true. I mean, one thing. Okay, one thing I really really enjoyed, like that, the thing I enjoyed the most about the old Battlefront games is that you could play it like offline i mean obviously it's an xbox like the original xbox right so of course you're oh, gonna yeah. be able to play it offline i, I played them but, on the pc yeah but uh, one thing i really dug is that you could have like you could and they didn't do this in battlefront one but they did do it in battlefront two uh the the new battlefront two i'm talking about right. the new ones one and two um where you can actually like you don't have to play online you have it's all robots and and you can do like exhibition matches which is one the thing i love the most about um the original battlefronts so is like i could just make up i could just fight the war fight the battle i don't have to be connected to the internet i don't have to have a friend there playing with me yep. uh, i could be a jedi i could just go through and just have this crazy star wars battle without any bs like i you know and and one thing battlefront 2 the newest one does is they do that they reintroduce that so you can't you don't have to play online you can play like a, an exhibition battle with um just ai and to me like it was kind of fun but it was also like it was still kind of hard it was still like i was dying a lot and i'm like i don't know man. <laughs> like maybe i think i just had to play it a lot more you know to get used to it yeah. to get used to the controls of the jedi and stuff but um i don't know just it, it wasn't i was i was making myself to it but i think now after like this newfound passion for star wars i'm really thinking about downloading again but it is like 100 gigs so you know <laughs> yeah 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 that's fair all right, dude, uh, I got to get going. Yeah, it's an hour after we... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> after I was going to leave. Um, so, dude, thank you so much for joining me on uh, on doing this. This was a blast. Um, dude, it, it, honestly, like, I felt like maybe we should make our own Star Wars YouTube channel. I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't feel 
feel like we're disciplined enough to like stick to a schedule of, of making videos but i think it would like an idealized version of it and, and i like i i would like to be able to do that it sounds like it'd be really cool i think it we'd be, be we have really good conversations man well dude I, I was gonna say it could be an aspect of carpenter arcade carpenter I mean, arcade could be streaming and discussion yeah yeah for sure yeah 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 absolutely yeah yeah we should we should start doing like star wars discussion videos i think it'd be really really cool man it'd be a lot of fun and yeah oh luna luna hi she's she's upset that i haven't let her out in a couple oh hours, i understand like damn it papa <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude dude we'll talk we'll we'll, we'll figure something out because uh that'd be cool um yeah. all right well we gotta get going so dear listener thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed today's episode of into the weeds as we looked at star wars the high republic our hopes for the uh the future of the franchise and also just talking star wars because it's it, it really is just so much fun um, <laughs> and it's it, like i think it's because it's one of the simplest story elements and it was designed to be that way like good versus evil but then we started adding in all this fascinating minutiae and other characters where it's like it's it's easy to get into and it's so fascinating when there's depth there so yes. it's 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 one of my favorite franchises. It's bit, it's like my OG nerd franchise, and I, will, I love it's, it. Uh, way better than than comics and Marvel and stuff. Like yeah, that's I can't follow that. I just cannot follow it, dude. There's not if they can reset it all and be like, here's the very first one, like and just move on from there. I'd be down. I'd be down like a clown. I'd give and, it the best shot I could, you know. And anytime they've done that, it either hasn't worked or the fandoms revolted. Like, oh, I know, I know. It's like <laughs> well, I don't understand it. DC did it with um, New Fifty Two, and that pissed people off. And yeah, rightfully so. <laughs> there's a lot. I mean, like who? Who? Uh, I don't understand these comic people. They're like, I want to have like eight or nine different realities simultaneously existing in my head, and also give me more. Like I, I don't know what is going on in your real life that you're capable of 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 of, of keeping all that in your head but like, <laughs> i mean you must like these people must be so intrinsically motivated uh, by these things that like i i can't understand i can't get myself into that mode you know that's that's fair i i i, I disagree with the, the take but i get what you're coming from. like i also i, I personally love the like love the multiple versions of stuff like i'll re i've been re up until high republic i've been revisiting the old expanded universe because i'm like i want more star wars and this is star wars i had and it's, it's some of it's a it's very different from what i'm getting now but it's still good and i enjoy it or seeing different takes on the same characters like if they went a bad way or if uh, like this situation like this happened yeah. i really do enjoy that it allows more artistic artistic take without taking away from necessary like the the prime take i.e superman like doing the the red sun superman fascinating and very different from main superman yeah but, but what is main superman like, what <laughs> even is that like at least with star wars like one thing i do I'm, i mean i am willing to go back and read the old eu books because now i know like okay they're not canon but it is like a cool fan fiction thing right like it's like someone's just reimagining it like that is cool i can i can enjoy it now that i know like it's that is not up in the air as to whether or not it's canon, right? Right, yeah. right. Joe, oh, I've got I've got some recommendations for you. You do. All right. So on that note, dear listener, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, please check out the the book. I highly recommend the audio book. Um, it's called Star Wars: Light of the Jedi. It's by Charles Soule, narrated by Mark Thompson. It is excellent um also like we recommended uh check out christian's youtube channel carpenter arcade and check out a minute to midnight 
Uh, Darko's an hour and minute. Been, an hour minute. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> my bad. Um, EP is called Soulbotic. S O U L B O T I C. And it is. It's wonderfully chill, and it, it's 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 great. Yeah. So please check all those things out. Have a wonderful day, listener. Take care, and God bless, my friends. Peace.